Welcome to Drunk Valorant, episode number 98. Hmm. Closing in on that uh, triple digit mark right there. Yeah, we're closing in on finding out whether or not I do any of the work that I talked about doing to make a cool episode 100. I guess we'll see. (laughs) Stay tuned. Oh, two weeks away, buddy. Oh, man. Alrighty. Well, Hunter, what do you got in hand? You mentioned getting up to grab a beer earlier, so... Yeah, this is a rather cool beer. Not one of my favorites, necessarily, but I, I like it. It's very interesting. This is the Killer Kolsch. Very cool art of a horrifying pumpkin guy. And this is a it's collaboration. Like What'd you say? It's like an ape. Uh, like a pumpkin ape. Yeah. Yeah. It's the... Uh, yeah, like a, More like a, a gorilla, I would say, given its, its strong build. Um, this is a collaboration between Nepenthe and Old Mother Brewing Co. And this is a Kolsch. Uh, however, it also is brewed with peach tea. So it's got a little bit of that, you know, unique uh, Pilsner taste along with a very, like, noticeable peach flavor. And despite all that, you'd expect it might be, like, really low in uh, alcohol percentage. But it's, it's 5.5, so I would say it's decently high given the fact that it sounds like a, a very light beer. And it just Yeah, is, that's uh, quite strong, actually. Yeah, it's, it's a unique uh, blend of the peach with the, you know, the smooth Pilsner. It's, it's good. It's a very easy drinking but kind of, you know, catches you off guard sort of drink. Sounds good. I actually might like that. Oh, I, I, I was about I to say it. that I don't think you guys would like it because you're not normally a big Pilsner guy. I'm, I, I mean, just... before yeah. I was introduced to Cass, I only drank Pilsners. Oh, okay, okay. And then Cass Wait, was it Pilsners you. or was it Lagers? No, it was Pilsners. Okay, you just drink a lot of light beers. I just drank, I like, I liked whatever bar we were going to, whatever Pilsner they had. That was the that was the thing. Now, mm-hmm. as soon as I started watching Brooklyn Nine Nine, I I had to stop drinking Pilsners. <laughs> um, some somebody's gonna get that reference, but like there's <laughs> there's a dude on on the show that uh like his thing is that he's like really into Pilsners and he's like a fucking dork. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man. but like it, it's like the uh, a meme on him being like such a fucking dork that he's mm-hmm. like, oh my god, yes, the Pilsner. Um. But yeah, the, Cass introduced me to the uh, to the hazy IPA, and that that it changed my life really. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't be on this podcast if not for the hazy IPA. No, Cass, Cass introduced me by forcing me to go to so many breweries and getting flights, mm-hmm. and you can't get five pilsners <laughs> like <laughs> when you get a flight at a at a brewery. So you have to get their IPAs, and so we just, we just drank enough IPAs that I ended up liking them. Yeah, I remember we went to, what was it, the one in Kicking Horse? Yeah. Um, White something? White Tooth? Does that sound about right? Yeah, White Tooth sounds right. Yeah, uh, and then, okay, so yeah, we sat down and I ordered a flight, and then I see Chase going through the list, and he's like, uh, I'll have the Pilsner and, um, um, uh, I guess some of these like <laughs> no idea it's totally lost That's uh, great. it was really funny also i looked it up and i, I was confused that um cultures are not actually pilsners they're actually top yeasted ales hmm. it's it is a lighter beer though i understood what you were saying like yeah, I, it's a I don't think that beer and i don't like it like i think that a, a kolsch is not typically my go-to but yeah like it's a little bit weedy i think can be for um, sure. But 
I with the peach, like it sounds pretty good. So yeah, it, it's solid. I like it a lot. Alrighty. Well, Chase, what do you got? Um, well, I took a note out of Cass's book from last week, and uh, I bought that eight pack of Fieldhouse beers. Mm-hmm. So I'm currently drinking the uh, the Fieldhouse flagship hazy. Um, that's what it's Cass delicious. Had last, was it last week or the week before? I don't remember. No, Cass, so Cass had the uh, which I am also holding in my hand the Nectaron Motuka hazy. Yeah, that's one. Yeah, yeah, Cass has the can from when he last drank it. <laughs> nice. Uh, so I decided to go with the flagship hazy because it was not the one that that Cass drank last week. Um, Where's that can? Oh, that can's right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really like the uh, their like standard hazy. Um, mm-hmm. it's really good. It's like it on the can. It says coconut citrus tropical. Um, do I taste coconut? No, but is it tropical? Yes. Like it, it has like a, a lighter tropical taste to it. Um, yeah, I know we were, we were talking about how like they always talk about how like the notes of certain fruits or whatever come in and we never actually taste them. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And I guess the it's that's kind of the case here, but it is tropical. You know, it it is like that kind of tropical flavor. I don't know how to describe that otherwise, but it does not taste like coconut. It tastes like hops. Yeah, yeah. It's a very good beer. Um, one of my favorite beers I've ever had was Fieldhouse came out with like a tenth anniversary, like limited edition, slight alteration to their like flagship hazy. And, like, holy fuck, it was good. And then I went back to the liquor store, like, literally later that day. And they were gone. Wow. Yeah. You were the only one with that opinion. No. It was probably probably this beer with Galaxy. Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, their flagship hazy is quite good. Big fan. All right. Well, I'm drinking another backcountry beer. Although I haven't seen this one before. Um, It's a bit of a long title, so bear with me here. There's only one return, okay? And it ain't of the king. It's of the Jedi. That's the strawberries and cream fruited sour. How I that recognize that quote. I don't know. What, I, I was going to say, I don't know if that like it was actually a quote from something. I mean, it, the, like, it, it has cool. to be. I, I recognize be, it. Yeah. So maybe I've just seen the beer before, but like it sounds really familiar. Uh, let me do some quick I'm Googling. doing some Googling. Uh, but yeah, so it's a... Uh, oh, Google auto-finished it for me. Clerks. Clerks, okay. I, maybe Clerks I've just seen two. the clip somewhere. I have no idea uh, what Clerks is. I don't either. Uh, but it says... And then the description is... Let me tell you something. If Peter Jackson really wanted to blow me away with those Rings movies, he would have ended the third movie on the logical closure point. Not the 25 endings that followed. Um, Little diss to Lord of the Rings there, I guess. That's actually maybe very, that's just the continuation of the quote. But Okay, that's a yeah. very weird diss to Lord of the Rings, considering that in the movies, which, you know, was Peter Jackson's contribution, um, the movie doesn't really take a ton of time to end, at, in, at least in my opinion. And I'm also saying that from the perspective of someone who read the books first, in which case, like... Almost like a fifth of the last book is after the final confrontation of the ring. Well, 
spoilers <laughs> the ring okay. being well, destroyed. I don't know if you need to like um, yeah. spoiler alert fucking Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Lord of the Rings the books have a very interesting and well done like ending section. Like it's almost an epilogue even though it's not labeled as such because one of the it really captures something that Tolkien and other people of his generation who actually like fought in World War 1 and 2 uh, that they that they experienced in their own lives which is coming home from a victory and finding that, you know, everything has changed sometimes for the worse where you came from. So, like, a big deal in the books is that the hobbits return to the Shire and the disgraced former uh, Saruman, going by a different name at this point, has, like, taken over and, like, their home is a mess. And they have to put in all this hard work to, like, get things back to somewhat normal. And even then, like, it's not the way it was before and they're a bit scarred from the war and it's a very bittersweet ending that is very you know reminiscent of real life so the fact that peter jackson is being like dissed for having a long ending when it's so much longer in the books is really funny to me okay but anyway like the extended edition of the movie is four hours and 11 minutes long okay to be fair i haven't seen the extended edition edition okay it's It's actually not that much longer than the um Mm -hmm. non-extended edition it's like a little over half an hour longer but like not that much um, okay, but the ending, or the climax of the movie takes place about an hour and a half to maybe two hours into the movie. And then there's, like, two hours and eleven minutes of just supposed denouement, but, like, yeah. That Could doesn't seem movie correct. a lot earlier. It it's been a while right. since I've seen... It's been a long time since I've seen yeah. the Rings movie. But, like, I just remember, like, watching it on my friend's couch... Uh, and, like, we got to the, you know, the end of the climax, and I'm like, alright, cool, like, I, got, I really gotta take a piss. I'll just kind of wait for the movie to end, though, because, like, should be getting there. It was, like, two hours long. And then it was, like, <laughs> yeah, that it just kept fucking going. And I'm like, oh, it's gotta end any second now, like, I really gotta fucking piss. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Eventually, I wasn't able to hold out any longer and had to go take a piss. But, like, I just remember sitting there thinking, like, Jesus fucking Christ, when is this going to end? Yeah. Um, I I mean, I'm someone who does not really like Star Wars or The Lord of the Rings. Like, I don't dislike them, and I've seen most of them. I've seen all of Lord of the Rings. Uh, I, I don't know if I've seen, like, the most recent, like, Hobbit of the trilogy. Oh, you're not missing out. If we're talking these went from mediocre to terrible across the trilogy. Yeah. I may have seen the first two. Um, and then I haven't seen the most recent two star Wars in that, in that trilogy. Um, which I feel like I'm also not missing out on, but yeah. yeah, Likewise. Yeah. Uh, There there was like, uh, okay. Well, I was going to say there was one thing like, cause yeah, I watched star Wars episode, what? Seven. I guess it was, yeah. like, the start of the new trilogy. And then I wasn't planning on watching 8. eight. Uh, and my buddy came back, my buddy who's a huge Star Wars fan, came back to the theaters, and he was like, yo, Cass, like, you gotta go watch this movie. If there's something that you've been bitching about in relation to Star Wars lore. Um, and, like, they finally did it. Um, so I was like, okay, fine. I'll go watch the damn movie. <laughs> so he went back with me to the theaters to watch it a second time. Uh, when I, when I went to go watch it and yeah, cause they have one scene where some guy uses, who's the main antagonist? Well, there's, but then Snoke, also isn't the true antagonist. Yeah. Yeah. That guy. 
That guy. Kylo Ren, yeah. Um, he uses the, the force to, like, remote turn on a lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah. I've just been saying, like, yeah, like, come on, like, why, why wouldn't you do that? Like, you're fighting some guy and you just use the force to push the, the button on the other guy's lightsaber so it's not there. Or, like, yeah. the guy goes to parry, you hit the button on your lightsaber so it's not there, and then after you cross through what his block is, you hit the button again and it comes out. It's like, that should, do, like, you should be turning that shit on and off, like, all the time in a lightsaber duel. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of mechanics of the force that just kind of are convenient to the plot, and while it's kind of easy to ignore in the original trilogy and the prequels, it becomes really obvious in the sequels when, like, random bullshit is happening, like, that, like, if it could happen consistently, it would be game-changing, like, for example, that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's about odd to say. I, yeah, I mean, really yeah, my, my, my point was, like, I, I don't really care about either of them, but if I had yeah. to choose, I'd be a Lord of the Rings guy, so, yeah. Mm. I don't... Yeah, I wouldn't really pick either. I don't know. It's, not, it's just not my type of movie. Yeah. Yeah, I, I generally like the fantasy world kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'd lean towards Lord of the Rings because I like the medieval setting more than I do the sci-fi setting for a fantasy yeah. world. But I mean, okay, this is going to be the hottest take, but um, I preferred the first Dune movie to anything in Star Wars or Lord of the Rings I've seen. The first Dune movie, like the one back in the 80s? Oh, God, no. No, I meant, oh, okay, I meant okay. like, the, the new one. The yeah. new, but first part. I haven't I haven't seen it, so... Yeah, I will say, watching... If we're, if we're talking fantasy movies. Yeah, watching Dune, the, uh, the most... The recent part one, is very interesting if you're a Star Wars fan for the reason that it seems like a lot of the concepts and, like, tech of the world is ripping off Star Wars when, in fact, Star Wars was ripping off Dune because the Dune book came before Star Wars mm-hmm. and was an, like, stated inspiration of George Lucas. So it's really weird to see something that looks derivative but is actually the source. Yeah. So, like... Now, keep in mind, I didn't read any of The Lord of the Rings. And I didn't read any of Harry Potter. But I definitely enjoyed the Harry Potter cinematic universe more than Lord of the Rings. I mean, Harry Potter's great. I guess I read books one through four of Harry Potter after all the movies were out. But I was obviously, like, aged out of that. Yeah, you need to be, like, middle school age yeah, for Harry Potter. I was, I was definitely, like, middle high maybe, school. Maybe mi- below that. Like, you need to be 11. Mm. Like, that, because that's when, like, you, like, you know, the, the youngest kids at Hogwarts are 11. Yeah, and just start tearing. Uh, is that, is that what age you are when you got the letter or whatever? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, but yeah, I never read any of those. I like that. And then I read. Well, I've read books one through four for Game of Thrones, and I really fuck with that. I haven't read book five yet, and who, who the fuck knows? And or I've read parts of book five, not all of it. Uh, and who the fuck knows? And book six is coming out, so you know. All right. Okay. Ne- next up on drunk fantasy novels. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, drunk pop culture. Getting back to my beer, it's obviously a vanilla and lactose kind of beer uh, with some strawberry flavoring in it, and it's quite good. Though. I like it. Yeah. You never actually said what the title of the beer was. Uh, you said the title, but then you didn't say the subtitle of the beer. Yeah, I did. Strawberries and cream, fruited sour. Oh, maybe you did say that. Yeah. So that's what the beer is. It's good. I like it. 
my stomach might not in about 45 minutes, but, uh... That's you and lactose, you know, so... Yeah. That's how it be. Love-hate relationship. So, yeah. Moving on here. Some Valorant stuff. Um, okay. A couple of tidbits. Because uh, I don't know if you guys knew this. I definitely did not know this. Um, you can break the enemy's ISO's double-tap orbs. I did so not know that. Get them. I, I did find that out between the last podcast and this one. I did not know that was a thing. Kind of yeah. cool. I Kinda just cool. assumed that only the ISO could shoot them. I did um, too. And we already thought it was not very good of an ability. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The other thing that I find very annoying is I jumped into the range and I was like, oh, I'm just going to do aim labs, but like in Valorant. And yeah, I picked it's dumb ISO. as fuck. And when you yeah. break the box, the orb doesn't show up. Yeah, someone patch that, right? Like, yeah. get into the fucking range and patch so that, like, ISO's abilities work. You just can't use ISO in the range. None of his abilities do shit. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I think they... Did they fix that for Reyna so that, like, when you break a bot, it drops a soul orb now? I have no idea. I've never played Reyna in the range. Okay. I, I oh, yeah, no, did. For the soul orb, unless they fixed it just now. I know people were talking on Reddit about abilities and saying that they used to have soul orbs and now they don't anymore. Oh, I see. Yeah. It's dumb. They sh- absolutely should because, yeah. you know, the point of having ISO in the range is so that people can try them out and be like, oh, I really want this, like, character, right? Or Reyna. Or just practice your abilities. Like, that's the point of the range. And mm-hmm. you can't do any of that. Uh, that's it's just stupid. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. about the fact I was in the range earlier for something that we'll talk about later in the pod, and um, I was realizing that now everything that used to just be moving already when you got in there or you know spawned in, you have to manually spawn. Like the uh, most notably the bot uh, by the like target that you can move to different distances. How do you manually spawn him? I was like, my game is bugged, I don't know. There's a thing at the bottom underneath the clear option and where the distances are. It says bot. You can shoot bot. Yeah, for the longest time, I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, the bot's just not spawning. There's a problem. I didn't notice to check there. And then also, it used to be that the drones would just be flying around, but now you have to shoot the one big target for them all to spawn. So when you put those two things together with the abilities not working, I'm wondering if Riot is just like, if someone's in the range, you know, that's a lot more resources dedicated to that one person than it would be for them to be one-tenth of the people in a comp game. And so we're going to try to make it as easy on the servers as possible because it just isn't worth it to us to, you know, have all this server load for one person in the range. I mean, this goes back to the range should just be local. Yeah. Like, great, have all of this stuff so that the range runs better, but the range should just be local. I think like, the concern then, with the range running locally is it makes it easier to hack or at least, you know, un- like engineer the code of Valorant. Yeah, I guess if it like exposes some weak point in another part of the code. Well, yeah, because like right um, where now they can access other yeah. things through the, the range. Yeah, code. I have no idea how that works. Well, I mean, just from a, a very basic understanding of how it would work, I think, is that like, you know, when you're on the when you're playing an actual game. Like, you're sending instructions for what your player character should do. So you can find ways to, you know, manipulate that or whatever from from cheats. But, like, if you're... But all the code dictating, like, how everything in the game functions, you know, the interactions and uh, all that kind of, like, basic, you know, world stuff is all being handled by the server. And your computer doesn't even know what it is. It's just relaying the results of it. Whereas, like, if your computer is literally 
your computer is literally doing everything if it's local and like you know you can't hide valorant can't really hide from your computer what your computer has to process itself so like is that useful for building cheats that's where i'm really not sure but there's definitely potential that it could be Hmm. that's interesting yeah i hadn't thought of it like that of like not even a backdoor into like server play but into a you know, just more information available to everybody who has this on their computer. Yeah. But either way, like, yeah, you should be able to fucking test out ISO in the range. Yeah, I I agree. I I don't think too many people are going to just be, like, always in the range if that was a thing. Like, even you, Cass, would use it as a warm-up and then go into an actual game, right? You wouldn't just, like, go every day to shoot (laughs) ISO. No, no, who would, like, who goes into the range? (laughs) <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I do every day basically yeah. uh, but yeah I'm like, uh, I feel like the range in general should just have more shit and like I guess I understand what you're saying it's a lot of server load for you know one person to be taking up but like I think it's super cool that they have that like parkour course like yeah. the skill jump course like I think that's super cool I fucking suck at it but like it's cool that they added that I can get um, to like checkpoint two or three I can get to the top of the building. No, I've never gotten there. And then from the top of the building, I can't make that. I can jump to the floating bench, and then I can't get any farther past that. I try I'm a couple hops in the rage quit. I can do it with jet. Well, yeah, no <laughs> shit. No, but like without the updrafts and the dash, just like with the passive. Float. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's obviously uh, cheating. Um,. But like I, I think shit like that is cool, uh, and I wish that they would add more things like that to the range. Like I, like I think the range is such a cool feature that the game has, um, and like you don't need to go and download Kovacs or download AimLab separately. Like you can just use what the range has to offer. I just wish it offered a little more. Um, well, it should definitely offer the characters' abilities. Right, like it offers every character's ability other than like on kill effects, mm-hmm. right? Um, if we're saying like ISO and Reyna, like why there's no way that that is like a significant extra server load compared yeah. to like a million people using Sova Ult, and it really nerfs the FMP bomb strat. What? <laughs> Forgive me, please. It's a risk of rain. Oh, your risk of rain, rain on kill effect. Sure, yeah, okay. Because you know, really. I said on yeah. kill effect. Yeah, yeah. Oh, which oh, was definitely yeah. I, I definitely stole that from risk of rain <laughs> to like jargon. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, okay, so just some general more ISO stuff here because he's obviously the new the new kid on the block. Um, now this is a sure like this is basically a bug that. I think it's one of those things that Riot didn't think anybody would figure out. Um, but if you enter the astral plane as Astra, you can go help your teammate out when they're in ISO alt. What? Yeah, the ISO kill contract takes place in the astral plane, presumably from a coding perspective. Okay. That's... So Astra can enter oh. the astral plane and go and drop stars in that arena. 
Wait, like it shows up in her map? Okay. okay. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, Cass- you, okay you, you, you misspoke slightly. I would say okay. it'd be more fair to say that in the lore, it, it takes place in the astral plane. But in the code, what happens is the arena is located in the same space as the, uh, in the same, you know, level as the rest of the map, just like way like up and above it to the point where it's not visible and it's completely separated by a significant distance. So like what someone figured out, it's not like in Astro when you're placing stars, you just see, Oh, main map. And then right off to the side, like conveniently, you have to like go swimming around an Astro. Alt, and if you know where to look, you can find that arena, like far up and like beyond where the rest of the map is. Because like, that's okay, where it's so, like Astro goes into like her astral form. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, like, can manipulate her map, like, move, like, far off of the, the yeah. map screen. Yeah. To yep. get to wherever the, uh, like, the arena yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is showing that the game isn't literally unloading the current map and loading you into a different level. Which makes sense. That would be kind of ridiculous. It's moving you to a different spot on the same map that's just... You can't get to unless you're an ice. Yeah, like a teleport, but you're you, yeah. you've teleported to like a different spot that's kind of far away. Right. right. Yeah. And but obviously not far away enough. Yeah. They, they obviously need to make it far away enough that it is impossible to get there in the time you have an after floor. But like, yeah. Who who's to say? How or, long? Or they can just make it so that Astra can't play stars there. That Astra just blocked yeah. from. That's probably yeah. easier. That's probably yeah. the easiest way to do it. But then, like, people talked about like. Because there's probably something to do with the code that just says, like, on these surfaces, or, like, on surfaces that you can walk on, Astra can play stars on. Yeah. I think is what's currently in the game. Yeah. Uh, like, if you could walk on this surface, Astra can play a, place a star on that surface. Anything you can't walk on, Astra can't place a star on. Um, and so, yeah, there's got to be, uh, they, they might just have to tweak how the Astra stars work. Well, would you just, like, institute a range? Maybe. So so you say like, oh technically Astra Astra Yo, but then her has a range. Global. That's no, kind it's... of Astra's whole point. <laughs> her utils global. Well yeah, it's not it is global. It's just not uh extraterrestrial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um at any rate, it's just kind of funny that that's a thing. And like I'm sure there's some coder for Riot or game dev. It was just like, seriously, they figured that the fuck out? Like, oh yeah. <laughs> come on. Well, I mean, mm. there's someone that's like, well, fuck, I kind of knew that was going to happen, but like, yeah. I, we thought we'd be maybe good. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember when they came out with the, um, gunner, so- like, the, the octopus gun buddy that changes to camouflage with Omen's pistol. If you put it on that. And that was found out, like, that Easter egg was discovered day one. Yeah, and um, they were like, how the fuck? And one of the devs was just like, what the fuck? Like, we, we figured this would take, like, a few weeks at least for people to find. And then I don't know how long it took people to find the candy cane one. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's got to be Easter eggs that just haven't been found. I don't know, because yeah. I know, I think Riot hinted at the candy cane one when it hadn't been found yet. Okay. I think Riot... But do you think you think there's a dev that's put something in that's like, I wonder if anyone's ever going to find this, and it just hasn't been found yet? Maybe. Yeah, I feel like, if anything, I'm... that would be something where there's something that's placed 
like off of the playable map that you have to be in ghost mode just flying around to see. Yeah, possibly. Well, because they have those things where, like, um, when the observers are just, like, in free cam mode, right? They'll spot, like, a bunch of those, like, stuffed animal teddy-looking things. Yeah, like, I mean, like, people fly around in some window in, or whatever, right? Yeah, people fly like, around in, in ghost mode all the time. It is technically mm-hmm. an Easter egg, because if you were in just, like, a custom and you were flying around in ghosts, like, you would be able to find it as well. Yeah. But they're kind of placed in for casters, like, to have, like, certain cam angles from there, right? Yeah, like, I just wonder if that, like, really counts as, like, a full-on Easter egg. I think yes. Because if you're not watching, like, pro games and seeing the casters go there, or, like, the Observer go there, mm-hmm. then, like, it would be an Easter egg in your own game to be like, oh, there's a teddy on every map, and I, let me go find that in Ghost. Yeah. I don't know. One of the things that I thought was very cool was when, um, just to kill time during a, a tech pause, uh, Riot had a guess what map this is and they chose like, oh yeah obscure, i remember that they chose like obscure sections yeah of like the different maps and we're just like you had to like figure out which map it was and like some of them were like under b site or like under pearl a site plant like you had to go to like underneath and there's like a separate room under there and wow. like that's what the shot was of and it's just like, like, yeah, how the fuck do you know what that, that is? <laughs> Unless you've ghosted into there and, like, actually seen that there's a separate room underneath default plant. Um, yeah, I, mean, yeah that's I, cool. I thought that was a really cool way to kill time during a tech pause. Yeah, I think here's an idea for any devs out there looking to implement some Easter eggs. Um, uh, a mini game outside of map borders. Oh, so like you can ooh. ghost over and like that's kind of cool. You, you find like there's like an arcade, mm-hmm. you know. Maybe in, you put this in arcade. Um, you like can can go through there and there's like a Pac-Man machine. You can like play Pac-Man on it. <laughs> like you interact and then you get to like play Pac-Man or like Space Invaders or something like that. Why is this arcade like, called arcade? Is there anything indicating there, there are arcade machines that are hidden behind a, like a window in there? Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, so, like, if you could, like, leave the map and then interact with one of those games and it would actually play the game would be so sick. Honestly, you should just be able to just play Pac-Man and have it be part of the map, and that's, like, a... Well, there's a reason why that's not in the game, and that would just be you inting every single round that we play. No, no, but, like, like, you know how people, like, spray in-game to be like, hey, I'm here, what are you gonna do about it? And, like, usually, yeah, spraying is int. But, like, there are times when you can use it to bait. Like, I think it'd be kind of cool if you could play the Pac-Man machine and it'd make a noise so that, like, people nearby could hear, like, oh, okay, somebody's playing the Pac-Man machine. He, like, plays, like, the startup sound or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or, like, uh, the sound of, like, a yeah. coin dropping into a machine. Yeah. That would be interesting. And just, uh, yeah, you could use it as, like, a sound bait. Still, uh, it'd still be more useful than shoot on Breeze, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, like... I wonder if you could... Like, okay. Assuming that there was a way to get... Like, a... Reasonable... From, like, the attacker side. I mean, we, we talked about this on one of the podcasts where they had, like a Sova shock dart lineup that opened the shoot 
so that Omen could TP up into it or whatever. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, it, that could be kind of interesting if, like, yeah, you had a Sova who used that, like, Shock Dart lineup to open up Shoot so that anyone in mid would then flick their crosshair to look at that while somebody swung out of double doors. Now, the only problem is the defensive side can't actually get to Shoot in the first place. Yeah, so nobody could actually be there. Yeah, so, so you kind of would just be like, I mean, but like, maybe that might catch you out in a ranked game. Like, in a pro game, yeah. probably not. Because they're like, oh, okay, we have people A lobby. They didn't push through A. This is way too much coordination for a ranked game, though. So at what, that point, like, yeah. who the fuck cares? Okay, so you're Yoru. You Yoru alt through A lobby. You drop your decoy on top of it. You run, I don't know how long your Yoru alt lasts, but then, like, you run to, like, bottom mid. You exit Yoru alt. You pop your decoy, so your decoy comes through the shoot, and then whoever's watching mid turns to fight shoot, and then you just shoot them in the side. Okay, so my I'm pretty sure that you wouldn't be able to go through lobby, go up the rope, place the decoy, and then go through, like, defender spawn to mid, but I think you probably could go through lobby... No, no, attacker spawn to mid. Oh, attacker spawn. You go spawn. up the rope, you go up the rope, you drop the decoy, you jump back down the rope, and then run to bottom mid. Oh, so would you ha- why would you have to use the Yoru ult to get up to there? Because, because you're, you're a defender. In a. Yeah, you're, you're a defender. defender. Oh, 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 I just said, okay, I said defender spawn. I meant, okay, my bad. I said the wrong spawn point, and I thought you okay. were saying I was on the wrong side. Anyway, now that we're recalibrated here, so as a Yoru defender coming out of A lobby, you could, I believe, go up the rope, place the, the, the clone, and then I think you would have to hop down the chute yourself. And then unalt, and then throw your mm-hmm. decoy toy through. I don't think you'd have time to go back down the, or jump off where the rope is, and then go through attacker spawn to bottom mid. But you could jump yourself down first, and then send your decoy after, and potentially confuse someone. Okay, so you'd have to flash through the shoot so that they see the flash come out, but they don't know that you yourself have dropped through the shoot. Yes, yes. Because if you just drop through the shoot and your alt, they'll be like, ah, well, the actual Yoru just dropped through the shoot and his alt. Well, so yeah, unless through the shoot. Somebody well, peeks through yeah. double doors while you flash through the chute. You unalt, a la Superman, and rip your shirt off. Uh, and then you hit the decoy, so the decoy drops down through the chute. And then whoever's playing mid or by that pillar is just fucked. Yeah, right. I, I will Except say. I will if say. there's anybody mid and by that pillar, they're going to see you in your ult. In your no, 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 the ult, no, no. You can't no, see no, anyone no, in their ult They're going to be playing away from the chute. They're not going to see them. Oh, you mean like the blue stuff? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's like a good distance. Yeah. What, what I what I will say is we're, we're devising this strat for ranked, right? I don't think you have to go through all those steps to disguise where you are versus your decoy in ranked. Because my experience in ranked is that there are plenty of times where, like, if the enemies were playing paying close attention, like, there's no way I could be where I'm sending my decoy from, and they still shoot it anyway. Like, I think even if you didn't bother with the flash, they'd hear the shoot and be like, Oh, maybe someone could have gotten there or not even think about it. They just said, Oh, someone else is going through the chute. Let me pop them. So like, is I think it not just the flash step? Yeah. Is it not just way easier to place your decoy at double doors and then ult up to shoot and then pop your decoy and then come down, shoot yourself? Yeah, but that's not as cool. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Also, We're... is there technically any way to really tell between Yoru and his decoy. Like, are there any subtleties? 
I don't believe there are any. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. When you when you shoot it, one flashes you. Okay. <laughs> well, actually, when I shoot either of them, I get flashed no matter what. Um, it doesn't matter which one I'm shooting at, I get flashed. And it's probably going to be Hunter flashing me. Um, yeah. No, I swear, like, there was a round where, like, the Yoru tried to fake decoy in. And I was like, hmm. Nah, that's him. And I shot him, and it was him. Well, I mean, one of the biggest things is that it's very rare for someone to be walking with their gun pointed in the same direction. Because, like, if you're, you know, if you're going just in a straight line and you're not expecting to find anyone, you have your knife out. And then if you have your gun out, you're checking common angles most of the time. So I think that's mm-hmm. the biggest giveaway if you have time to look at yeah, it. Yeah, flicking back that, and forth. Right, the fact that it's just literally dead set with the weapon. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, the Yoru did run onto sight dead set with the weapon. And something, I don't know, does something trip oh, I the alarm said, bell? Oh, I thought you meaning the opposite. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Something tripped the alarm bells. And I'm like, no, that's the actual Yoru. Yeah. And I don't know what it was, but there was something about it mm-hmm. that just, yeah. I don't think there's any way to tell. Mm. I don't believe there is either. I don't think there's anything visually that lets you know. Maybe there was something that your subconscious picked up, but your conscious didn't. Like, maybe the barrel wiggled a little, maybe slowed down for a step. And, like, you didn't quite realize it, but your brain was like, shoot that fucker. <laughs> He's the real Yoru. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know exactly what it was, but... Okay, moving back to the ISO stuff. Have you guys... Uh, how many how many games have you guys played that have an ISO in it? Like, like one, one, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I haven't I'm played up to two now, I think. Yeah. But yeah, I was thinking we should start a uh should keep a running tally of our um our kill contract success rate. Oh, oh I mean I'm I'm O for two. And that, that's not in like in oh, well, one, one of them was in count. Yeah, okay. One of them was a TDM. Okay, yeah. I don't think TDM counts. And the the other one I didn't know that I got full health in the ult and so I was really scared. Oh well if you include <laughs> <Yeah>. the <premiere. laughs> Yeah, if we include Premiere, I've been in games with two enemy ISOs. Okay. Um, mm. That's true. We did play a Premiere game against an ISO. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm one and zero against that that particular ISO. And that's like our uh, all ISOs are among us. Um, like stat sheet. Like yeah. When we first <laughs> yeah. all started playing video games together, we had a uh, an Excel spreadsheet of our Among Us win rates on, like, uh, Imposter and Crewmate. Yeah, shoot. The, I'm pretty sure that was me who started that. Like, I definitely have that somewhere, right? I have that somewhere, too. I don't, I don't know. Maybe we probably... It was a Google Sheets, I believe, and we probably yeah. all shared it with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, that's, um... yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that for a while. Okay, it'd be kind of cool to just keep a uh, a running tally. Wait, um, no way! I, I found it immediately. Okay, <laughs> but the the other thing that I was thinking of is, and like I notice this when I hold angles with an op, when it's like they could peek me from left or right, I hold the left angle, and I trust myself to flick to the right. But you don't because I'm do the way, other way. I'm way better at flicking to the right, and so in the ISO kill contract, I did the same thing. I swung out to... You went left? I moved right, and I held left side. Oh, interesting. And then I needed to flick back to the right. 
uh, to find him, but like I trust myself way more on flicking to the right. Both times I've gone left. left. Yeah, the ISO was looking left for me. So I don't know if that's like like I prefer maybe to move yeah right. maybe that's like the most common thing yeah. is people go left. Mm-hmm. I I don't know I like I went left one time and then like it fell the barriers fell and I died. Um, and then the second time that I was in it, uh, I I like went left and then I pushed up as far as I could before the barriers fell, which really did catch him off guard. Like he had to flick over to me, but he also had his double tap active. He had a shield up. Yeah. Um, and so he got like body, body head with a phantom before. And I, I just hit like three body shots after the, uh, the shield broke. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, fuck, like now if you didn't have the fucking him. shield. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Also, yeah, so I found the Among Us spreadsheet. Uh, we logged a total of uh, six games. and oh, That's not very much. No, not very much. Uh, <laughs> of those six, uh, Chase had the highest total win percentage, crew and imposter combined, at 83%. Me and Cass are both tied at 66.6. I actually didn't play any imposter games in those six, whereas Cass and Chase both went uh, one and one on imposter games. I basically int when I'm imposter. I I, like, I, mean, I don't know how to play imposter. While we're on the topic, I mean, yeah. I didn't lose the other day. Oh, Chase was on fire. <laughs> yeah, I was on fucking fire. We played we played yeah. Among Us with the original crew, like a l- couple weeks ago, last week. Yeah, um, we need to get back to that. That was a blast. It, it was so much fun. It's so much fun to go back and play, especially with the people that you all played with during like COVID during that time. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was super fun. And uh, I was on a fucking hot streak. Like, I could not lose. God, I remember there was just, yeah, yeah there was one round where um, I realized, like, as we were coming down to the wire, we needed to vote kick someone. Otherwise, the, the two imposters were just going to win. And yeah. so I randomly just picked uh, Nulsley. And I'm like, all right, everybody vote Nulsley off. Like, there's no time to discuss. It's a shot in the dark. And he, <laughs> so he was right. right. He just picked someone randomly. Well, not it randomly, was like he because was you vaguely, always pick on him. He was, like, but... one of a couple people that weren't, like, you know, more favored, but it was like a one in four chance or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was a great call. Yeah, I was just like, All right, we need to send this mm. one. Get him out of here. We lose either way if I'm wrong. So, uh, okay, but yeah. So, going back to some of the ISO stuff. Um, have you guys? How much you guys notice the impact of the shield in game? Because I can think of two scenarios in which. Without that shield, I get that kill. Yeah, in the two games I've yeah. played, there was one... I can think of one scenario where I had to shoot an extra bullet to get the kill, but I did get the kill. And another one where I probably would have gotten the kill if not for the shield. So... I mean, I, I, I think that there's, there's kind of a weird rank gap here. Because at low ranks, I feel like the shield doesn't matter at all. Everyone's spraying a fuck ton, right? And, like, maybe you get up a little bit in rank, like, to where we are, and the shield kind of matters, because you're usually, like, most typically you're going, like, two to the body, one to the head, or just four to the body. Um, And so then that kind of, like, if, if both players are doing that, then the shield matters. Um... Obviously not in the two of the body, one of the head. But, like, if both players are going forward of the body, it matters. Yeah. Um, 
And then, like, if you get to, like, a high rank, then you would think, oh, it doesn't matter, they're just gonna head tap. But then I think it matters more, because it might catch you off guard when you think that you've killed somebody, you're like, I got their head, and then you didn't. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely is frustrating, because, you know, in Valorant, there hasn't been anything like this before, where you can get the headshot, and it won't do headshot damage. Or, you know, just the body shot in general, but the headshots are where you notice it a lot more, because, you know, if you're, if you're shooting with a Vandal, and you, you know, you know you got the headshot, then you just stop firing. But now you don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd say we're kind of on, like, a cusp elo of when you're going from, like, majority body shot kills to majority headshot kills. Yeah. Um, where we might see more headshot kills in our games than, than body shot, but, like, you know, they still happen quite frequently. Yeah, and it's interesting that you say that, Chase, because I feel like there's a bit of a, you know, the classic meme curve of, you know, the idiot and the master saying the same thing and then the person in the middle being, like, different. Um, where I think that when you get to the highest levels, while, while obviously you need to be able to head tap, head tap people, you also kind of bring a bit more spraying back in. It's just inappropriate situations. Like, I remember it was Sarah, uh, Sarah Frags, one of the, you know, best... Uh, female like uh, aimers um, she had a, a, tw- a tweet a while ago where she was talking about how people underrate the power of spraying particularly with the phantom and like no one would say that she can't hit headshots in the game um, so yeah I, I think it, I think it might be li- like you're saying like right around like you know gold plat diamond a lot of people go in for headshots and really committing to that and then once you get to the even higher levels people sometimes realize when you know, you don't wait for the headshot and you just go for the damage. I, I'm I'm a big fan of the fadeaway spray. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like I'm 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 unjiggling from this angle anyway. Might as well be firing well. a couple bullets while I'm yeah. doing it. And like, you're more accurate than probably you should be. <laughs> I mean, you're just not accurate, but like sometimes you get lucky. No, there there are some where like I mean. Well, because it's like, I'm swinging out, right? I take a couple shots, and then as I'm swinging back, you get that time frame between, like, oh, I'm unjiggling, but, like, my character hasn't, like, moved enough for you to be inaccurate yet. Does that make sense? I mean... There's, like, a slight dead zone. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, I, I, I get a lot of value doing that. Just like spraying as I'm leaving an angle. And the bullets generally go oh, more or less where my crosshair is. Mm. Yeah, like you're saying, sometimes sometimes you get a little lucky. Um, yeah, because like I'm thinking about this. If I, if I understand correctly, I believe that Valorant has instant deceleration, but a slight acceleration window. Where like if you release your key, your character doesn't take doesn't move anymore after it's registered the key release. Whereas if you start moving, I believe there is a brief window where your character is getting up to speed, and normally it, it's kind of hard to even notice. But if you're spraying as you're doing it, there are a couple shots in there that are not fully inaccurate because you're not yeah they're they're running not accurate, but right, they are right. yeah. not fully inaccurate. Exactly, and that's where you get those crazy uh, fadeaway shots. And then sometimes you are full running, and it's just pure RNG. But like, mm-hmm. you get a little assistance. I mean, even full running is technically not full RNG. It can't go behind you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah right. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. 
<laughs> like there is a window where the bullets could go. Mm-hmm. They add full RNG where your your uh, crosshair then snaps as well if you're ADS, so you're, you're just 180. <laughs> your bullet decided to go behind you. Yeah. But yeah, the um, uh, where was I going with this? It had to do with ISO, but I can't remember. I don't know. There's ISO shield. Yeah. I mean, um, any more tidbits? Uh, I mean, as far as that goes, like, I know that you don't want to alt a Phoenix alt because he gets out of alt before you do. Um, so if you're in a 1v1 against a Phoenix, you probably shouldn't use your alt if he has his alt. Because in theory, the Phoenix, as soon as he hears you pop your alt, would pop his. Which you can do in response to the in-game voice line. Because I know it used to be a thing when Phoenix was more meta. You'd pop Phoenix alt when you heard Ray's popper alt. Right, right. And, like, try to bait the Ray's rocket onto you. Um, yeah, away from where you're respawning. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, let's see, obviously, you can bring in a downed KO, which is... Kind of funny in BM, but probably not great. Yeah, not great. Uh, and then Yoru decoys, you can also suck in to the alt. That's crazy. Yes, um, that is so funny. I think that, that that is a... I don't know if that was an intended mechanic, but that probably should not be in the game. Yeah, because Yoru de- yeah. decoys don't affect a lot of other utility. Like a Sova dart will not ping a decoy. Yeah, but like traps will get set off by Yoru decoys. Yeah. Yes, but, like, a Sova dart will not ping a decoy. Yeah, like, this is one of the things where... it The thing that this seems closest to is the fact that Phoenix ult drops soul orbs. Where it's like, why? You know, the person's soul is still there. Like, this was just... Yeah, yeah. Okay, Phoenix ult, yeah, should definitely not drop soul orbs. Yeah, but I think it's similar in Riot deciding to leave it in, despite it seeming like a strange decision. So, like, personally, being incredibly biased, I love it. Uh, however, I understand that, that it is a little lame for the ISO who... I mean, that's ridiculous. It, because if yeah. if you're going to be, like, picked up by the, uh, like, ISO ult, you should drop your decoy. Yeah. I don't know if you can get, like... Maybe you might be able to get that out. In there, time. There's time, right? You yeah. can see that coming toward you. Maybe not if you're like barrel stuffing, but at that point, why are you like getting hit by the ult anyway? Kill mm-hmm. the fucking guy. The, the one thing that um, I don't understand is: does it take the pers- the closest person to ISO? Yeah, closest that person. yeah, yeah. The closest person to ISO. So if if you are Yoru and yeah. you see that like wave coming towards you. And you're like, oh, I might get pinged here, or like, I might be- get picked up. Just fucking drop and activate your decoy. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I I would guess that you don't have the time to equip your decoy and send it out before you get pulled in. However, what I would guess is that if you've seen this coming, if you're on defense and you're like, ISO has the ult fifty fifty that he's coming to my site. If you put your decoy in stationary mode, like far ahead of you. I bet that you could activate a previously placed decoy before the thing goes off. I'd be very yeah. curious to test this, like, once one of us unlocks ISO. Yeah, I mean, I don't play Yoru enough to know the timings, but I would expect that even if you are running and you're kind of, like, you know, mid to far back into the ult, like, into his ult area, you would have enough time to equip and place, like, to place and then, like, deploy your decoy. I don't know, when I got sucked into Isolwald, I had no idea what was going on. 
Yeah, my my feeling would I be didn't no even know, on like, that I case, didn't but I'm really not sure. Coming at me or anything? Yeah, it's a it's a wave a... like like a like a fatal or like a breach at all. Doesn't it? Yeah, like, doesn't it the same like the whole ground at once versus being no. a wave? Oh, huh. okay. So yeah, I, I, I literally it might it might highlight the whole ground at once, but then there is definitely a, an animation of a wave mm. going through because it like scans. So I, I don't know if it uh, highlights or if it's a wave, but... Okay, well, you know, I could be... I'd be very down to test as Yoru tech, because as someone who's playing more Yoru this act, that is very useful for me to know. Yeah, I guess I didn't know where the ISO was, so like maybe the ISO was, like, perpendicular to where I was looking when I got sucked in, and therefore I didn't see the wave coming at me at all. But, like, I didn't even realize what was going on until Alex was just like, oh, see ya, Cass. I mean, this is something we should test out. We obviously haven't, like, seen yeah. enough of these ults for us to really know. Mm-hmm. But, like, I would be down to hop into a custom and just, like, try it out after this. Well, yeah. I mean, we've, we've all talked about the fact that we're going to be hopping into customs with ISO to uh, have 1v1s with each other in the arena, just for the fun of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's, uh, that's kind of funny. But um, I, I think it was Sean Garris who was talking about this. I was saying that he actually thinks that ISO's alt is really valuable for countering other agents' alts. Like, they Viper's Pit, see sight. Sure, if you get the Viper. No, they didn't. Well, do you have, now who the fuck else is going to be there? They're on defense. They Viper ulted it, so you don't go there. You fucking ult it. You're going to hit the Viper. Yeah. Maybe. What what I'm wondering is in that specific scenario, does it consider being in the ISO thing out of alt such that even if Viper won the duel, their alt would be gone? Yeah, I'm pretty sure her alt's gone by the time she gets back. Yeah, yeah well, because they it, recently, like, like a couple patches ago, decreased the amount of time Viper can be out of her alt. So that I would mm-hmm. feel like the answer would be probably she w- it would go down, but I, I don't know. We'd have to see. Okay, but you also get suppressed while you're in the alt, right? Yeah. So you can't use any of your abilities, right? Like, ah, the chamber halted. He's holding down C. Hitting the chamber, hitting the Viper, hitting the KJ, all very useful, but uh, I can do that all for free. KO. (laughs) And if I were... KO doesn't get rid of a Viper all. True. The Viper ult's already up. Yeah, against Viper specifically, that is potentially very strong. Does ult not go down if you're suppressed as as Viper? No. No, it doesn't. Like, Viper... Ult stays up? Yeah, Viper ult stays up as long as you are in it. Right, once you've casted it, yeah. Okay, fair. <laughs> but, okay. Raise, chamber, KJ. That argument stands. But you're right, Vi- Viper, yeah. I guess, with the ult, then yeah. it, it does not stand. Um, because you're literally being teleported out of the ult. The Viper ult. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, b- I believe from what I've heard as well, that while Yoru might be getting... Sh- while Yoru might have a big benefit in being able to have his clone be taken, it seems like it does catch Yoru's in their ult as well, from what I've seen. I'd have to test that also. To, to go actually, if it oh, okay. altered to be captured in the ice, close to them, yeah, yeah. Or do they don't then stay in their ult? No, their ult is not still active. Okay. No, because yeah. because you get suppressed. Well, well, that's that's the thing. That's where I'm differentiating it from. But I'm also 
talking about cases where the ISO ult is better than suppression, because if you're suppressed by KO while you're Yoru ulted, nothing happens. It doesn't mm-hmm. immediately force you to unult. It just it prevents you from ulting in the first place. Right. So, so this is, basically, yeah. Sean Garris went through and listed all of the agents whose alts you can take away from them. Uh, being Chamber, technically Deadlock, although he admitted the timing window was quite tight. Um, and also yeah. who the fuck plays Deadlock. But Gecko, Jet, Yoru, Viper, Sova, Reyna, um, Raze, Neon, and Ko. So like, yeah, they KO alt your site to 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 exec, and you just remove the KO from there. And now they don't get the KO alt, and everybody's utils active again. Interesting, yeah. Like, like I well, I, okay, I the the KO the KO alt. I mean, that's such RNG. Yeah, because the KO the KO is not going to. It's be most likely not going to be entering. KO's right? usually so you're not going to hit in alt. Ooh. KOs usually pop alt and run in first. I feel like they still typically go in second. Second. Yeah, because like I, I think you pop alt and then you have your movement duelist take the the first. Like yeah, but the I... movement duelist is probably through wherever it is that you might be alting from. Mm, so the movement duelist. Your, I mean, hardly. Yeah, it depends on your angle. Yeah, it depends on the angle, but, like, I mean, okay, let, let's take... And uh, only if you pop this ult after that movement duelist has gone through. Yeah. Right? Like, if I'm thinking of Breeze here, like, Breeze B-Sight. Um, if you're, like, playing Elbow, not, or not, like, Elbow, like, the you know, the corner by Castle. Yeah, Castle. Like, the classic defender yeah. position. Um, then... You know, the KO would pop their ult on attack. The jet would dash in. You would have mm-hmm. to then ISO ult immediately after the jet has already dashed in. Yeah. Because the, the KO is not coming through whatever smokes are, are already on that angle. Like, the jet is going to smoke and dash in, and then the KO is going to come through. I, in pro play, you might be right. I think in rank play, you're expecting a little bit too much of the... I don't think so. I think in rank play, it's the same. I think that's, like, pretty basic. In ranked play, jets don't entry. At least I don't. Bit <laughs> <laughs> of a self-report there, Cass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I, I the way I was thinking about it is that while you know, let's assume that that is the case. If that's how you're you're catching people, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I think this the issue is that is the same as with any defensive ISO wall, especially at the at the beginning of the round, that you're taking yourself out of defending the site as well. So what is like, you know, a two and a half V5 now becomes a one and a half V4, like regardless of what the outcome of that duel is. And there's a lot Mm -hmm. of scenarios where even if you win the duel as the ISO, you have the chance to get suddenly overrun upon exiting the ult, Um, which is where I think it can be a, a very quite risky depending on your position for it. Perhaps. Like, if you're playing um, in, like, mid of a map and supporting a push that way, then your only risk is someone lurking through mid. But if you're yeah. on the site itself, I feel like you're in substantial danger. Oh, I agree if you're on the site itself, it's probably not best. You should, like... I mean, if you look at, like, Breeze, for example, right? Like, you could probably be in mid somewhere and get your alt off. I don't know if it reaches from CT to B main. It probably doesn't. Um, but in that scenario, like, if you are the defender and they are hitting your site... 
that might just be a fallback when we play retake, and I can get a guaranteed 1v1 against someone. Um, or, like, I, I think it's definitely more advantageous on attack than it is on defense, which probably makes more sense, considering that he's a duelist. But, uh, like, the example that Sean Garris brought up was, like, when you're attacking A-site Haven, which is defenders usually need two to three people there to defend that site in the first place. If you can remove, like, let's assume that they've got two people, one person A short, one person A long, I guess pretty standard would be, yeah, two A, one B, one garage, one C. It's like a pretty standard setup, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's rare that they're going to have three on A, but even if they do have three on A, like, if you alt that and just take one of those defenders out of the equation, right, the remaining defender is almost assuredly going to get overwhelmed as the rest of your team pushes onto site, and then even if you lose that 1v1, your team should now have site, and whenever that other guy spawns back in, they just have a free kill. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's just the usefulness of it on attack. Yeah, yeah we discussed that last podcast, and my opinion mm-hmm. that hasn't changed, that yes, it is, it is good for that situation. But, like, on, on defense is what we're talking about. At least what I was talking about. Right. I know. I just still think it's kind of cool to be able to, um... Just, yeah. It's very good at countering a bunch of alts. And like you're saying, yeah, if you can catch that Viper... Like, while she's in her alt, like... That's pretty fucking good. Like, how many times have you seen a, a Viper clutch up around 1v3? I've been many, many, yeah, many, many, many times. times. Yeah. 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 Well, if they've got nice on their team with an alt, nah, probably ain't happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least it's a more fair duel, or like you know, you're in a one v one against a like a viper ult. Like it's a really good ult to have, right? Like mm-hmm. I found myself in one v ones all the time, where you know your team all dies going into the to the viper ult. The viper is now you know in her ult bombs taken away if you're able to have enough time to isolate her then that's great it gives you an advantage instead of her an advantage mm-hmm. um immediately and yeah that's that's as good as you can ask for really you right. know most other ults like you know i mean kj ult might be pretty good but it's it might like take off too much time yeah because you have to um, wait for it to go through yeah. Um, but like a Sova ult or a Brim ult, like you can get rid of space where the Viper could be, but it won't cover the entire ult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And technically, I don't know if the ISO ult would cover the entire ult either, but like you can take a much better case. guess. Yeah. Yeah. Like and you can, like, you you can, can also, cover most of it. Your teammate could also partially clear part of the ult, or maybe even you could partially clear part of that ult. And just be like, okay, like, I know it's not over here, or I know the Viper isn't in this area, and now my alt can cover the rest of it. Yeah. Um. Oh, the other tidbit of information is, if you are playing ISO, and there's an overhealed Reyna, you don't want to ISO alt the overhealed Reyna, because the Reyna will spawn in at 150 health, and then also get the overheal. Yeah, I mean, that's a current possibly bug. It's yeah, that that seems most like likely the most a bug. likely bug of the things we've discussed that might be not correct. Mm-hmm. But that one they'll probably fix. And yeah. then I'm surprised they haven't hot fixed that one already. Yeah, that one's pretty egregious. 
I'm a little surprised you got like spawned in with the 150 though, because like when you get yeah. sage rezzed or whatever, you come back with a hundred. Yeah, there's a decent number healed. of times late in the round that if you get ice ulted, you will get a health boost for that fight. You go back to yeah. whatever health you were if you win after yeah. getting ISO ulted, you go back to whatever health you had before that. But still, mm-hmm. for that particular duel, there you go. You now have a boost, yeah. Right, I mean, yeah. but then you're you're right. slightly disadvantaged in that fight. But like you could have been more disadvantaged in whatever other location you were in if you <laughs> yeah, had like one HP, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. If I'm one HP, it's a one v one. The ISO ults you. You're, You're like, like, please oh, hold me, please hold me, please hold me. Yeah, partially, yeah, especially when you get into that. Like, I think one thing that we discussed during one of our ranked games with ISO is very, it's become very clear, which is that you really need to ISO ult off of having your shield up. Like, because regardless of the, the impact of the round, like, there might be some situations where it's worth it to just hit it immediately, but it's so much better if you have the shield in it, just because you're always dealing with a 150 health opponent and now you have to be hit an additional time. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, still, it really I is like a the idea of just like, okay. I, I think it'd be really funny if they put it into the game where you could just pick who you wanted to duel. Just like you pop ISO out, you get the kill contract and it just shows the other five agents or whoever's and left you alive select on the team. One. Yeah. You just select one and it just teleports them regardless of where they are on the map into this. Um, mm-hmm. Just because you could just, like, bully whoever is like, oh, yeah, this Fade's been not winning gunfights. Fuck this Fade. Let's get her out of here. Uh, I think that'd be just, like, yeah. funnier. I mean, I um, think that's broken as hell, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. It would I mean, be It probably sick. would be. Uh, but, like, I think that's just kind of... I, I still like the idea of just, like, fuck you, I'm better than you. And also, I get a bit of an advantage, because I've got two parriers and you have one. But mostly just the fuck you, I'm better than you. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's, that's I, the cast I, I like that mentality. <laughs> that, that's why I called Cass immediately when I heard about the ult. I was like, yeah. this is just Cass's ult. Uh, okay, the I two barriers that. instead of one. If yeah. you peek out outside the barrier, which is what I usually do before the barriers drop. Mm-hmm. One, you, you're able to take that duel before barriers drop, right? Yeah. Um, in neither of the cases has the ISO done that, too. Hmm. So, yes, I have a full, like, uh, like a wider range for them to, like, you know, expect me. Yeah. I, I, for, that, for me to expect them to be in. But if they're not peeking out, they also have the same range. It could be screen, like, side of their screen to side of their screen. Yeah, I think the ISO should be peeking out. So the ISO should 100% be peeking out before barriers drop. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's, I that's that. just a tip. If you're playing ISO, peek the fuck before barriers <laughs> drop. Otherwise, it's a 50-50. Because as soon as barriers drop, then the other person could be anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, there, another option that's very valid, I think Cass and I were discussing this, is if you're the ISO just book it down the, you know, the middle, like straight at the cover of your opponent. Because like, you know, they're not pre-aiming the middle, <laughs> you know, they, they, yeah. they can't be, there's not one spot to pre-aim. So, uh, you know, I, I guess it turns it from like a 50-50 on whether you have a significant advantage if you're, you know, peeking from the far side or the other versus mm-hmm. like a 100% chance they're not going to be perfectly lined up on your head. 
but they don't have to swing all the way across. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I do think pushing up is is valid is a good play as the ISO. Um yeah, and, and some, just closing that gap. Yeah, and like if you have a shield up and you have like a more eco gun, like say a stinger, it can be a very valid strategy to alt someone and then just book it at them. Because with that mm-hmm. shield plus the uncertainty of where you are, you you still have a pretty decent chance of winning that fight. Can you hear footsteps? I'm assuming you can. I don't I'm not sure. Know. I know that you make a footstep sound that you can hear. It's like a watery sound just from watching videos. I don't know if the other person can hear that or not. I would assume that you can hear footsteps, but like I think it was yeah. I think it was Slaggy talking about it, how you can very realistically get into judge range. Yeah. As ISO. Just by booking it up the middle. Oh, by the way, Cass, did you want to issue a retraction from last week and or briefly discuss the judge nerf? That Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I thought it was the pellets per... Yeah, like I misunderstood the, the nerf. I thought it was um pellets when you fired time. a shot from the judge, there were seven pellets of buck or birdshot or whatever the fuck you want to call it. It's probably buckshot. Um, that go out and deal seven instances of damage, assuming you hit all of them. Um, and I thought that they had reduced that to five. So now there was just going to be five instances of damage instead of seven. It actually turns out they reduced the mag size. Right. Which I, I thought we covered this. Their poor wording. Well, no, last we podcast, we I said it. there's no way that it's the pellet change. I hadn't heard that anywhere, but we didn't really resolve it. And now we know for sure yeah. it's, it's the mag Oh, this must have been a conversation we had outside of podcast. It was. It was. We, okay. Uh, because yeah, it, I thought it was I, because I, I, I could be wrong. I don't even remember you discussing this on the podcast then. Uh, mm. Like the only conversation about judge nerfs I remember is us being like, "What the fuck?" No, it was the fucking mag size. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, I thought it was I thought yeah. it was pellet count, not mag size. Um, but yes, it is it is mag size uh, or drum size. You load that with a drum, right? Hunter, use the judge. I don't. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a drum, not a mag. Yeah, it's it's funny that you ask that because I'd never thought about it. But and yeah, it it is a drum. It's just funny for uh, seven shots or five. Realistically, yeah, you wouldn't a want drum. a drum for either of those numbers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, a, the the drum is a mag. That's a drum mag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So mag mm. works. Okay, regardless. Yeah. yeah. Irregardless. Yeah, it's like that legendary uh, <laughs> most critical clip with the clips versus mags. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's great. If you, guys, if you guys haven't seen that, I'd highly recommend Googling moist critical uh, clip versus mag. I don't think um, I've seen that, but like, oh, you know, I, I clip the stream. I mag my condoms, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. That's a good one. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so other other changes. Um, I have in isolated scenarios noticed the cipher buff. Yeah, isolated scenarios. Usually, your trip gets broken anyway. Yeah, I mean a raise nade still breaks it, right? The raise nade still destroys your entire fucking setup, and it sucks. Um, on the on the bright side, like. Fucking raise blast packing in does not. Exactly. Now, yeah. That, I was going to say, yeah. I noticed the raise nerfs more than I did the cypher buffs. 
because razors would blast back in and fuck you, my trip is still there, asshole. Mm-hmm. You don't get to both entry and break my entire fucking setup, and that part is phenomenal. Um, oh, I was yeah. going to say, I've noticed that way more. I've also noticed raises sacrificing satchels to try to break my shit. Or they just um, let it charge all the way and then detonate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you could potentially shoot the, sha- the satchel. Yeah, no, and I, I yeah. yeah, like if there's no smoke there, I can shoot the satchel out. Um, which is nice. And then, yeah, the, also, yeah, the, I I have started doing that, adjusting the trip height that I place trips at based on whether they're running a fade or a sky. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if they're running a sky, the first trip onto site is going to be the un, unlimboable, unaltable trip height because the sky dog now goes under that and then I can just shoot the sky dog out um but if they're playing a fade it's going kill trip height mm-hmm. uh, yeah. because the dog goes over that like that just knowing that is very nice and who the fuck plays both fade and sky yeah so yeah um yeah that, that part is kind of nice I've noticed that a bit um yeah, the traps rearming. I haven't noticed that too much. Like, I mean, I think really... that I've I've seen it a couple of times where it happens, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, I mean, definitely in a game with you because I don't really play with many other ciphers. Um, it, it's happened before where you've gotten a kill and then it rearmed. Yeah, and I celebrated in my chair. Mm-hmm. I nice. mean, yeah, I, I think it, it still yeah. gets it still gets shot a lot, right? Like somebody yeah. can smoke it off, and if it's in the smoke, then you know they they can shoot it. But that's fine. I mean, I I think that I really like the cipher buffs. They seem to have worked well. They're not. They don't seem to be like, oh, everybody's picking cipher. It's so op now. Like it just kind of seems like, oh yeah, this is how cipher should work. I I have seen more ciphers in games now, though. I mean, yeah, which you will see when you go from a not good agent to a good agent. Yeah. Um, so I think since the buff, or since the new act, I've only ever played Cypher. Really? You haven't played since the buff. Chamber at all? No. Gas has been enjoying the buff, or the yeah. potential over the buffs. I right, mean, how many right. games have you played? Like, four? Five. Okay. Yeah, yeah, five, yeah five is I, a decent I will amount. say, yeah. I never imagined at the start of our... Uh, Agent challenge that Cass would regularly play Cipher after the challenge. <laughs> yeah. Like the hope was that it is honestly sometimes. so insane. Yeah, <laughs> to think that that is happening. It really is. Like of his own volition, of his own free will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not playing Phoenix. Yeah. You're I'm sure as hell sure not playing. Yeah. No Sova yeah. no happening on the Hunter side. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, I've been playing Neon more. Yeah. Have you played Neon in comp on main yet? Because you've played it. <laughs> I don't think I have. Main. Maybe, maybe once. Maybe once. Yeah. Oh no, um, you did once when we were all pretty drunk and we all hot. Oh yeah, we five all, stacked. There were two games jump on your all. Yeah, yeah. There are two games I, I played yeah. on Neon on in comp on main. I was wasted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, one went really well. One went very poorly. <laughs> Love to see uh, but then I had like one of my best games ever, although it was on a Smurf. As yeah, no, you like yes. broke thirty easily. Mm. I forget what it was, but yeah, no, I was like mid thirties 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that, that was. I'm like, yeah, I'm on a Smurf, but I'm not like on that heavy of a Smurf, you know. Mm-hmm. I can't. Uh, yeah, my Smurf can't play with Tony anymore. Yeah, neither can mine. Yeah, there's, it's oh, it's uh, it's really funny. There's I had to I, use I hunters. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think you guys were both in this game. But, like there was one game that I started off because I was you know I was playing on my alt uh, or my Smurf as as Jet, um, and I felt a little guilty at the beginning of the game because I started off like eight and zero. Yeah. Or no, eight and one because we lost pistol. And I died during pistol, and then bought a marshal. Yeah, there were some disgusting then, shots that happened yeah, there. Yeah, and then destroyed the other team, and then the next round had a vandal, and then destroyed them again. Um, and I was starting to feel a little bad. And then by the end of the game, I figured out that both the jet and the rain on their team were also smurfing. Um, so you feel less bad. Yeah. 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 Oh, I, oh, I don't feel bad at all anymore. Yeah. It's just like. I toned it down and stopped being as aggressive and disrespectful. Yeah, because they were winning some of those duels, yeah. No, 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 no. Like, before I figured out that they were smurfing. I just, like, I toned it down. I was like, oh, I feel kind of bad, like, (laughs) just walking in and destroying the other team. Mm -hmm. Like, this is is not cool. I I should be less disrespectful and just running at them. Um... And then they started doing better, and by the end of the game, I realized that they were also both smurfing. And then I'm like, well, fuck, I should have just kept fucking running at them. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, the amount of times that we talk shit on people who smurf on this podcast, and then now we're just like, oh, yeah, you know, we were on the smurf the other day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like that's just like... But we're I hate smurfers like in my own game, but it's, gold it's really just... low the... plat to silver is what we're doing. Yeah, no, we're yeah. going from, yeah, literally gold to silver. So it's not that big of a deal, but also, I mean, it's kind of a deal. Like, there's a reason why that's like that lobby is, does not have plat players in it; it has silver players in it, right? I mean, also, but like, yeah. I was talking to Hunter. I think you jumped out for a sec to go grab some food or whatever. But like, I notice a drastic difference between the gold plat lobbies and the plat diamond lobbies. This mostly, well, this could also be affected by the fact that I get into them based on when I'm queuing with you guys versus when I'm queuing with Alex. Yeah. But like the gold or sorry, the yeah, the gold plat lobbies are just like I could take fair gunfights. Like I can take 50-50s in them. Like it's not like, oh, I need some kind of util to give me an advantage and like I need Yeah, to your like, aim is good enough that it's a 50-50. Yeah, it's like, I need to be looking for 70-30s or whatever. But then when I'm playing with Alex, it's like, I need to be looking for 70-30s. Well, that's literally just being on the top range of something versus the bottom range of something. I, I Yeah, I guess. But, like, I don't know. There, there's, there's definitely, a, like, because I feel like all of that's considered, like, low elo, right? Yeah. Because I feel like people view, like, Ascendant as the boundary line. Oh, if you if you're going low and then high, then yes. But I if you're going like low then mid, I would say like gold and under is low, like plat diamond is mid. Mm-hmm. And then high would be ascendant plus. Yeah. Although I, I think people would like, also put that into another category of like maybe immortal two plus. Yeah. But yeah. High. Yeah. Yeah. There's a surprising amount of people who you talk to on Reddit who are like. 
you don't even begin to be considered mid until you're hitting like upper diamond and then it's like you know ascendant and immortal are mid and radiant is high like some people have a very weird perspective on things probably given the fact that the people who are into valorant enough to be on you know the subreddits and in the twitter community are likely not the people who are in bronze and iron as much um it's definitely i mean i think that 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 just comes from them being you know immortal well i mean i think there are a decent number of the fact of the matter is like such a small percentage of the player base is immortal that like I definitely some of those people are, but I think there also are mm. some people who like for what their perspective is just a little bit skewed. What percentage of the player base is on Reddit? Or Twitter. Yeah. That's a good question. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I sure as hell ain't on Twitter. Mm-hmm. X. Mm-hmm. X. <laughs> But yeah. Oh, I you know, see, actually, uh, let me use this as a brief uh, jumping off point to say something very minor on the side, which is that I haven't done anything with our, our subreddit in, like, years. Um, however, someone randomly posted on it saying that they love the podcast and all that, and I sent them the Discord link. Um, we, uh, what I'd like to do is encourage people, since someone in the Discord asked for a memes channel in the Discord, post memes to the Reddit. Like, if you see a a funny uh, memes or just like things you want to share, like a, a fun post in Valorant, like a clip, you know, some hot debate over something silly cross post it to drunk Val podcast. And you know, we can discuss it. I've started doing that again. I mean, I saw you literally did that today. I was yeah, on yeah. Reddit earlier and, mm. uh, and I was like, wait, there's a post in our subreddit. Right, <laughs> and it yeah. was, uh, it was Hunter cross posting some meme about cast with the op. We have yeah. a subreddit. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> the, the last time I posted on it was in, it was talking about the drinks and discussion for uh, episode 15. So yeah, no, yes, I, I, I'm joking, but like, I, I, I knew that we had a subreddit and just kind of, yeah. I think we had a subreddit before we had a discord. Hmm. Oh, we definitely did. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. Uh, but the next thing I want to talk about here is, do you think that the cypher buffs put a cypher in line with KJ? No. Or not quite. No. I would say they potentially do. Good. Cypher's yeah, KJ is still well, I feel like the difference was KJ was the power level a sentinel should be. Mm, yeah. And no one else was there. I think that KJ was too high. My 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 thought process is that Cypher is now at the power level that Sentinel should be. At least, and from what we've seen so far, who he there could be some like fucking broken mechanics that we're like not understanding. But for now, I think that he seems like a good agent that like is balanced in most team comps. Like that makes sense. You know, Cipher is at a very good level. Um, KJ is still KJ. Like see- she could she could be nerfed again. I I don't think I hard disagree that with KJ that. was too. Uh, I don't think KJ was broken. I think that was the appropriate power level for a sentinel it's just she was the only viable one and therefore you saw her pick right through the fucking roof i still don't think cypher does what kj does i think kj is just more of a fuck you don't come here but well, yeah i would cypher argue that cypher has, you go ahead, go ahead. i'll, I'll wait okay. to say my piece okay i was gonna say kj is a little bit more of a i'm here fuck you don't come here and 
The cipher is more of a... Well, I'm not necessarily here. But don't come here. Um, and I might not do the don't come here as well. But I don't necessarily be... I don't necessarily need to be there to do that. Right? Like, I can trip up a site and fuck off. Which Hunter and I have been doing on Breeze when we're playing against Takeo. I'll trip up a site, keep the cages in my pocket, and just fucking mm-hmm. go to the other site and play with cages in a cam. Um, and then Hunter will usually drop his orb down on the other site and just go to play off my trips. Yeah. And just be like, hey, like, doesn't matter if we get tagged by the KO knife because my shit is not here at this site that you're hitting. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I feel like that is... Like, that offers a difference that KJ doesn't have. Same thing with, like, being able to, uh, like, oftentimes when we're playing, like, Lotus, like, I'll drop a trip on B site and just not play B. And I'm just like, hey, whoever's defending B, there's a trip here for you. Like, play off that as you want. Um, and whatnot. Whereas KJ can't really do that as well. If you look at, like, Garage on Haven... Um, KJ can hold that fairly well if she's playing C or B, but KJ can't do that from A. Cypher can't. I mean, yeah, that's just fucking global utility versus non-global utility. Like, that hasn't changed. Yeah. That utility's gotten better for Cypher, Mm -hmm. but I think that it hasn't gotten better to an extent where he usurps KJ or gets to the level of KJ because their utility does something different. You're just arguing that KJ's util is more valuable for what it yes. is? Yeah, I mean, like, obviously her ult is so much infinitely stronger than Cypher's. Like, Cypher's isn't bad at this point, but KJ's Cypher's is just is so good. thirds of the cost, though. I actually, like, I used to think Cypher yeah. ult was dog shit until I started playing him, and now I kind of like farming ult orbs. I, I don't think it's dog shit. I like, don't think it's dog shit, and it comes in handy, like, a lot, and you do get it a lot, which is great, but, like, it doesn't determine what you're doing that round, like a KJ ult does, right? Which is why it's more expensive, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know, it's not, like, double the cost. It's a third Getting more of the cost. In about a year, it might be. <laughs> True. <laughs> But like maybe that would bring them more in line. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I think that uh, like KJ just does a different utility for the team than Cipher does. Yeah, I can like I can see that. But like, and so KJ is really really good at doing that thing, which is why I think she'll still be picked just as much. I I think you're gonna see a more even split now between Cipher and and KJ, at least at the pro level. Like maybe not at a ranked level because obviously Cipher requires more. Like, you need to know more shenanigans and you need to work harder to get the value out of his kit than you do with KJ. Um, and oftentimes, I find that the best way to get value out of Cipher's kit is I'm not the one swinging off my trips being activated. <laughs> my trips are there. And hopefully whoever's defending site with me can get the value off them because 
I need to be concerned about popping my cages and looking in my cam to figure out where the rest of the team is coming from, and I'm not going to be able to be the one to capitalize off that. But, like, I don't know. I, I, I think he is significantly more in line with KJ now at, like, the right power level, and you're going to see it based on whose util suits which map better, at least at the pro level. Yeah, I, I've been I've been waiting where you guys have been going back and forth on this, uh, but now it's time for me to unleash a little bit here. Uh, first, as a little side note, Cass, I'm All right, realizing... Hunter, set your dick out on the table. Let's see it. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, since you, as you're talking about someone else playing off of those trips, um, I'm thinking that more often, if you're playing Cypher, I should be on the site with your trips uh, with my Odin in hand, because that's by far the most effective weapon for spraying people down when there's one, but likely more behind them. You know that the trip is revealed, uh, but on to the main point of the, of things is that Chase. I think your idea of KJ being better at and what both of you are saying, honestly, about KJ being so much better at like you can't come to this site. I think that 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 this cipher change is going to bring them much more in line with being able to do that because you know what, what we saw in the past was that it wasn't just is it worse to be caught in a KJ nano versus a cypher trip it was that it was so much more likely that you're going to be get you're going to get caught in a kj nano than it is to get caught in a cypher trip because everything would break cypher trips like the amount of times that you know the ones at the entry point would be just ruined before you'd get to them or as a result the cypher would have to put down really niche kill trips that like a lot of times they weren't able to get value off of means that like I think the comparison is just in our experience very heavily slanted towards the fact that you know cipher trips haven't even really gone off on that on us that much compared to uh, KJ Molly's when we're entering site. And I think now I think as you see more people playing cipher at the pro level and at the rank level, I think it is really rough to going through a choke point onto site or going into key areas of the site get hit by a uh, tripwire because you know it makes the kill on you so much more likely for a variety of reasons, whether someone's actively ready to spray that, whether, you know, the person who's walking into the trip was clearing site quietly and someone else on site finds out that they're there when they didn't know before. Um, so I think that's a big part of it. And the other thing is that Cypher Cam, when we start thinking about Cypher getting more of a, a, his time in the sun, not as consistent value as the turret, but still very, very solid. And then I would argue that the Cypher Cage and the KJ Alarm Bot are both the weakest points of their kit and both, you know, are somewhat inconsistent but can provide value. So I think if you take the ults out of the question, because like we've said in previous podcasts, it's kind of hard to consider ults with the rest of an agent. I think KJ and Cypher's power levels are very similar now in terms of being able to stop the site push. And there are more nuances. The nuances are more important now. Mm-hmm. Like, there's one... There's one particular one-way cam that I know on um, on Split that in our premiere game, all and I were making great use out of. Mm-hmm. Um, because it sees your feet as you're walking past Orb on A. But you can't see on that split? cam. Yeah. Yeah. Because it only sees your feet. Um, so you can't see the cam to like even shoot it out or know that it's there. And people would cross that trying to work up ramps and I could just calm to all like let the paranoia go like free kill right there. Only one crossed 
Like, you're not even, there's not even going to be anybody to trade you. Right. And, like, the KJ turret can't do that. Obviously, the downside is you don't need to be looking through the, like, anytime I'm looking through that cam, I'm actively not doing something to aid the rest of the team. Versus you're not KJ. shooting, you don't have your gun active, right? Like Right, versus KJ, who can actively be helping the team while her turret is doing stuff. Um, yeah, or swing off of her own turret or anything like that, right? Yeah. So, like, I could potentially swing off my cam. Like, I can leave the cam and then swing. But, um, yeah, there is something to be said about the fact that Killjoy turret functions more of a passive rather than an active. But, like, there are definitely scenarios in which I think the cam is better. And there are definitely other scenarios in which I think the turret is better. But, again, that has to do a lot with map geometry. And will go into playing a role on whether or not you play one or the other. Yeah, I think we can make a poll out of this. Like, this do you think? Poll. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that uh, KJ is still better than Cipher after the nerfs or after the buffs to Cipher? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think after the nerfs to raise Fade and Skies, <laughs> the power are we considering those? Cypher, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, of course. After buffs? the re- like in the current patch, yeah, is, yeah, is Cipher on the same level as KJ? In terms yeah, of I think I'll, I'll, I'm laying out what I think of the options, given that there's been some controversy about the options in the past that I've okay. selected for polls. I'm thinking, you know, KJ and Cypher are exactly the same power level. KJ and Cypher are the same tier now of agent, but KJ is still better. Or, you know, Cypher is just far worse than KJ. I don't... No, 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 no. Disregard no. the, the second are, tier. Yeah, the options yeah. are same or KJ is better. Yes. Or potential you could include Cypher. <laughs> Cypher, is Cypher, is better. Be Cypher is better is an okay option as well. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think that one will be picked. Um, yeah, I mean, I also, think that's fine to include because, yeah, you, you have yeah. Cypher is better. They are on mm-hmm. the same power level. KJ is better. Okay. That's basically what I was saying, just like reworded somewhat, but okay. I, yeah, I yeah well, the wording's important here. We discussed that last yeah. time. The wording's important. Well, I, I, the don't, I don't have still on the same page here. <laughs> <one>. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, but also we saw in like, now admittedly, this was a, you know, like a show match tournament, right? At like the Sentinels Invitational, but on, um, on That's Sunset. A tournament. It's an off-season tournament. Yeah, it's an off-season tournament. Like it looked like people were taking it seriously. 10K um, was on the line for the winners. You know, what's that like a, a, a week salary for those guys or? I don't know. Sentinels paid Sentinels out, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, didn't Starforge pay the bounty? Uh, who knows? At any rate. Um, yeah, like, this could just be in preparation for the new patch coming in. But teams were playing Cypher on, on Sunset. Was was that tournament on the new patch? It had to have been. No, it yes. wasn't. It was not. Really? Oh. Yeah. Well, I thought crazy. they were on standard client. I don't know how that works, but no, they were not running on the new patch. Rob Moore was talking about that in one of the like first games. He said, hey, uh, the new patch like, just came out. We figured teams would not have had enough time to have played and prepped on the new patch. Therefore, we're going to be running on the old patch for this tournament. Interesting. I didn't think they'd have mm-hmm. access to the tournament class. But... Yeah, they might have had to go through Riot. Or Riot to. Yeah, get- maybe that's just possible because they are like a partnership team. 
Yeah. yeah. And so maybe they contacted Riot and were like, yo, we're trying to host this tournament. We want to do it on the old patch because people haven't had enough time to adapt to the new one. But yes, they were running on the old patch. Um, and teams are still playing Cypher. So maybe that's just a, we're playing Cypher because we plan on playing him in the new patch and we want to get the reps in because it's an off-season tournament and we'd more so than winning, getting the practices valuable. Or is Cypher just good on Sunset? Or is Cypher just really good yeah. on Sunset? You know? But yeah. Okay, Hunter. Yes. Um, you discussed not wanting to tell us what your act challenge was until this podcast. Um, yeah. Now, I, I'm curious to know, because you always have an act challenge. Didn't yeah. <laughs> it's not a new thing. Didn't um, Hunter say that he was doing away with his act challenge this time, though? I well, reduced he, it greatly. Yeah. He, he said, well, we, we originally guessed that he was going to just be playing Yoru the whole time. And then he said, yes, but... Well, no, I, yeah, because I guessed that he was going to be playing Yoru, but not entering. And, like, well, playing he, as an initiate. So first we said, okay, he's, he's in-slocking Yoru. He's playing a lot of Yoru. That, that's the challenge. Um, and then he said, yes, but there's a secondary thing, which he has then said he has abandoned immediately. So I'm interested <laughs> yeah. to know what it was. Yeah, so when I said it was part of the challenge, it's really two separate things. One of them is that I have been losing faith in my ability to contribute more as Sky than I could as the Yoru. And given that the way our team composition for Premiere has worked, it definitely is important for me to play a Flash character. That Having that consistently in our comp is very useful because Cass and Alex... Well, Alex has flashes, but he does his own thing with them. Having an additional flash utility on the team is very helpful, you know, standard rather than random flashes. So Alex is doing his thing. Cass doesn't play a flash character. Chase has been playing a ton of Brim. So on, on maps where he's not playing Breach, also doesn't play a flash character. And then Oliver can kind of play anything, but there's some really cool things we can do with Oliver if he doesn't have to fill flashes. So, like, that role is important, and so I'm just trying to switch over to the Yoru more, and I enjoy playing Yoru more. So that's separate from... What I wanted to do, thinking about the outlaw and thinking about, uh, you know, just my enjoying the op skin that I got and the, uh, you know, the Odin a little bit coming back is <laughs> what I told myself I would do is not buy the Phantom or Vandal for the entire act. In, uh, in, but you're going to go like Bucky op or something like. Well, it's, you know, submachine guns in the middle, you know, maybe a shotgun, maybe a, a guardian or bulldog. And then the very first game I played with Chase of the act, we're in Haven and I'm Yoru on offense. And I'm like, I just can't bring myself to not buy a Phantom. <laughs> I just really want to buy a Phantom. Like, <laughs> I don't want to limit myself this much. So I've greatly reduced the challenge to be that I won't buy any Vandals during this act. Um, which I think can be good in that I don't have to switch back and forth as much between the spray patterns and really focus on the gun that I'm better with anyway, being the Phantom. So... Mm. Much more minor scared. challenge than what I was initially going for. Yeah, I'm yeah. just controlling my games by buying an op all the time. I, I will say the game earlier been today, I did troll a bit because I was like only hit like half of the important op shots, so that was not good. But in general, you won the like, game. Yeah, but I, uh, I, <laughs> it would have been better if I didn't buy an op at all on defense in terms of my net impact, probably. Uh, however, in general, I think I do pretty good with oping, and today was a bit of an off day. Especially because Yoru, you can do a lot. You can really negate some of the weaknesses of the op in terms of getting out of positions where you'd be trapped and, in general, rotating quickly so you don't have to retake with it as much. 
So I mm-hmm. think if I'm, pl- you know, when I'm playing Yoru, opping on defense is not some sort of anti-meta crazy strat, but is something that a lot of people have realized is decently strong, particularly if you don't have a jet or a chamber who's opping, which has been happening more often lately. And you hit your shots. And you hit your shots as well, yes, which I was not doing consistently earlier today. <laughs> but, uh, you know. I thought it was so funny when Hunter had to ask me how you, uh, how you save how for op round three. Off round three. Yeah. <laughs> right, because it's not the, the, the round three op. You, you might think I'm just being dumb, not looking at the credits in the top uh, of, the, of the buy window, but you actually have to account for the round win credits, which it doesn't tell you. It tells you the minimum next mm-hmm. round, not the. It doesn't give you an estimate of, you know, win because there could be spike yeah. plant, there could be kills that you're getting. So, um, yeah, I, I had to consult with Cass. Well, Hunter, it's really funny that your your act challenge is not buying Vandal at all because my act challenge is I'm never going to buy Phantom. Really? No way. Yeah, yeah. You, you so I just thought just for now? this act, yeah, just for this act, I'm going to fully not buy Phantom. Wait, you, you yeah. seriously didn't come up with that just now? Like you had that thought already? Um, yeah, and for the next act, and for the next act, and for the next act. Never buys a fucking family. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, because I, I could join in and say that my act challenge is never buying a judge. Yeah. <laughs> no way. Because I sure as fuck ain't doing that. I mean, that's yeah. just not as funny because it's not Phantom or Vandal. Yeah, but like, I alternate between the two, so, you know. Cass, you're close <laughs> to a good challenge. Add the Odin in there as well, and then you'll have yourself a challenge. As a gun that you won't buy. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I know, I I know you Odin crushed Oh, no, game. I didn't get the Odin kill today. I just picked it up. And then I immediately dropped it when I found a Vandal on the ground. Yeah, I picked up an op today. <laughs> that was crazy. Uh, <laughs> hmm? I got a what? Yeah, what you said, saying, Chase said he picked up. Uh, oh, yeah. Cass got a, uh, a wild kill where, like, basically he and... He was leaving B site on defense with a stinger in hand when the other team was clearly hitting A. And so he just goes knife out into garage and he sees the enemy fade with the Odin, like clearing cubby, just like lurking there for some reason on the other side with an Odin. And like, you know, the Odin user, it was like a flick to both. Cass had to whip out his gun. Fade had to flick and Cass won the duel at close range with the stinger. It was, it was a fun moment for sure. Yeah. It was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> so I just walked into garage knife out and Fade was clearing the fucking cubby. <laughs> You're like, wait, it was a hard hit A. Why the fuck is Spade right. here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, oh, God, there was another one where I got timing so bad. I walked all the way up, cat, gun out, ready to take a fight. I clear, like, towards the right side area of Gelato where, like, those tables are. You know what I'm talking about? Just in case anybody was hanging really far back. Chase, it's where your Brim Molly's from. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I clear that area, and then I go to run, and then I pull my knife out to like walk around the angle to head towards where the orbits. And literally, the instant I pull my knife out, a fade pops around the corner. Yeah, that's timing for sure. And it's like I literally just slow lock. I slow walked my ass all the way up. Cat made no fucking noise, and the. Instant, I pull my fucking knife out of H. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, it was just annoying, but like, mm-hmm. you get timing. It'd be like that. But so, I can't believe your challenge is just not buying a vandal. Like, that just seems like 
I mean, the challenge is play Yoru more. Like, that's fine. Yeah. Also, like, Hunter needs challenges to keep him interested in the game. We just, <laughs> we, we just play. Yeah. Except for the one time. That was fun. But. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know. I just I guess I just like mixing it up and seeing. Uh, mm-hmm. Focusing. I, I mean, I like your challenges because I get to bear witness to them each act. And it, it's <laughs> yeah. kind of fun just to know that you're, you have some constraint on yourself. Yeah. Um, but I'd rather not have that on myself, you know. So. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm not coming up with challenges for you guys. Just like it's, yeah. Yeah, it'd be pretty, I feel like it'd be tough. My games. Cass says this. Every act. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Cass says this, and it's usually not true. It was true for the end of the previous act, just because I was playing poorly in general, not relating to any challenge. But in general, my challenges don't cause me to throw. I mean, not buying Phantom Vandal is definitely throw. <laughs> it's a bit of a throw, yeah. But you're not doing that anymore, so thank yeah. God. yeah. I mean, if your name is Fishy Chair, yeah. The, the qualifiers. The reason why I was thinking it, it could work reasonably well is because. Uh, you know, with the Sky, I think Sky suits herself very well to using a Phantom or a Vandal, or just a rifle in general. I think, yes, Yoru being able to either take duels from long range with an op or close the distance, the, you know, not having a Phantom or Vandal is less important. And I wasn't saying I would never pick up one. So if I buy a Stinger or a Spectre, teleport into sight, get the kill, now I pick up You could pick up there, right, yeah. Right. Like, I wouldn't yeah. not pick one up. Um, and then as Brim, you know, Odin, Spectre, both go very hard with, uh, Stim Beacon. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I w- in my head, I was like, it's not really going to be that much of throwing. But as, as I was with Chase in that Haven game, I was like, I, I just, you know, I want to be able to take long range duels and not have to worry about flash TPing all the time and stuff. Like I, I want, I don't want to limit myself as much. I, yeah. I mean, the funny thing is, I don't know if I would have picked up on that, like at least from one game. Exactly, you, like That's, not yeah, buying right. Phantom Vandal. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like a like I know that you buy weird guns, and mm-hmm. I'd just be like, oh, he's try he's like gonna try to close the distance this round. Yeah, right. Like that. That's what yeah. the what the plan is. So he's buying a judge. The rest of us are on full buy. Like mm-hmm. you know, whatever. I'm gonna say I'm surprised you don't see more at like the the pro level where they have the team coordination where they like you see it occasionally where like a raise will buy like a not quite as good gun on bind and just be like. I'm double blast packing into U-Haul. I'm gonna get and close. whoever's there, I'm getting a kill, and then I'm going to grab their rifle. Or you saw YZ do it on Split, where he just bought Famously, a judge every round. Yes, yeah, I was NRG. just like, yeah, fuck you, NRG. You buy me the rifle. Yeah, and I'm gonna take mm-hmm. it from you. <laughs> um, but like, I, I I'm surprised you don't see it as much. Where like you know that your game plan this round is we're hard hitting B site or whatever. And, like, come hell or high water, we're going in. And, you know, maybe the third guy in doesn't really need a rifle, and they can just grab the rifle off one of the first two people that go in and dies, or if they get a kill, they can go collect that gun. And, like, you know, maybe just save a little bit on the econ here or there. Uh, like, I'm surprised that that, like... I don't think econ is, like, as big. Out. Like, it, it it matters, but I don't think it matters enough that you see that consistently. Like, there are rare instances where that actually matters. Yeah, yeah but- I, I, as I'm thinking about it, I think that's a that's a situation that is kind of unique to the judge specifically. Because, you know, in a lot of situations, having a specter is just worse than having a vandal. If you're closing distance, bulldog or guardian is going to be a significant downgrade. And then a stinger 
can do really well if you're, you know, moving in fast with a neon slide or a raised blast pack. But then if it turns out there are two defenders there, the Stinger really struggles if you have to take two fights back to back. So, like, Mm -hmm. I think the judge is unique in being, if you're playing, if you're trying to get to certain parts parts of the map, it can legitimately be far better than a Phantom or a Vandal in that situation, and therefore you can really justify it. Yeah, it's like you have to get there, but in that circumstance, it works very well. Right. It works better than any other gun that you have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just like... I'm surprised that you just don't see teams trying to game the econ system harder than they are. And, like, it it first showed up with, like, Light Shield. Yeah, Yeah, when Light Shield meta, like, first came in, right? That was teams trying to game the, uh, like, the econ system. Um, And I, like, I get it that it's, the econ system isn't as, like, fully, like, fleshed out isn't the right term, but it's just not as complicated as, like, CS's is. Yeah, it's Uh, it's not as intricate. Yeah, right? different guns so, in CS give you different, like, kill bonuses. Um, and so, like, round two, you'll see people intentionally buy shotguns and SMGs, even though they could afford the rifle. Because it gives them more money for the next round, if yeah, they get the kills. Right, they want to build a bank up. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of surprised that you don't see teams kind of trying to, especially during the offseason, like trying to like test out ideas and shenanigans ways to get an econ advantage right like maybe maybe bringing four rifles into a buy round is all you really need because you've got someone when you're not in a full default or even if you are in a full default who's just kind of like you know if you have an initiator who's pseudo like babying the duelist and just throwing util for him it's just like they're not really the one who's going to get into a gunfight yeah, I mean the econ is just not as delicate, right? Yeah. So, I, and I think that that's okay. I mean, if the duelist dies, then they might need to finish off the kill. Yeah, that it, like, yeah, like I mean, and uh, it's like, yeah, like if you have the money, get the rifle, like give yourself the best chance of winning the round you possibly can. Yeah, I thought you saying, saying in, mo- in most cases you you're either on a save one with one, right? Like in in yeah. most cases you're either on a save or you're going to be able to buy the next round anyway. Yeah. Right, like, like it's more of a binary in Valorant, which is okay, because you know it, it allows you to focus on other things, or like you know you can get a little bit intricate within that binary of like how much you're going to like be able to save or buy, or like what utility you're going to have depending on your agent. But um, it's just not as delicate as in other econ games like CS:GO. Yeah. I, I'd like I I just think that like there's potentially something that's unexplored there, and I think YZ was kind of the first player to really explore that option. Yeah, I think the, the other team, on, I think the thing that he did not ex- that he explored that hadn't been is using a judge in certain situations as a movement duelist. Like I think it is very very restricted to that, and then there are a couple of other yeah. situations on the flip side that you do that I think are actually kind of known, which is that like. You know, you're saving for an op, and the team is on a full buy, and you buy a marshal or something like that. Especially mm-hmm. if you're a couple points away from jet knives or chamber ult, and I think that d- does happen in pro to an extent. But I think I think a lot of the ego guns, it just really doesn't make a lot of sense for. Yeah, and there's a reason that like light shields meta was a thing in pro, but very niche, and then like kind of has just fallen off entirely. Has it fallen right. off entirely? Like we haven't. Seen Maybe not entirely, but now. it's not common. 
it's not every round anymore like you saw Fnatic doing famously in yeah whatever tournament or like I was. think Hundred Thieves tried it for a while. It's mm-hmm. every round for um, me. <laughs> it's most rounds but like i think there's there's more nuance to it and and like in a lot of cases people are like well let's just fucking buy full shields like it doesn't matter here yeah there are way too many rounds that i live on very little health for me to subscribe to light shields meta and again that might have to do with my play style versus your guys's play style but like yeah i'm usually either dead or full health yeah, there there is a number of rounds that I survive on very low health. I mean, um, this like, might also be a uh, we always start on offense kind of argument from you. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Um, meaning that it's really not that, but it's what you're thinking of. Yeah. It's it like what be. sticks out more in your brain. Yeah, yeah. Confirmation bias or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I guess I'd just like to see more econ shenanigans. Right, and especially pros who are so fucking good with a sheriff. It's like one of your have one of the guys on your team just like just have a sheriff. sheriff, and then like we'll probably you know, like it's going to be good enough for you to finish off a kill. Probably, you can still take raw duels if you're confident with your sheriff shots, and then like chances are at some point during that round you're going to get to pick up a rifle, and that's just an extra three thousand credits your team has sitting in the bank. I get why teams don't do it. I just, like, I wish there was a little bit more experimentation with that during the offseason. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, just the big thing that comes to mind when you say that is that, like, yes, like, most of the time you will be gaining 3,000 credits. But the every time the round swings on, you know, your first, you, to your two players diving into site died, but then you get the trades, and then someone else peaks from, you know, they come from mid and peak you while you have the sheriff in hand, you lose that fight and that swings the round, you know, you're potentially then looking at losing what, like $1,500 plus, uh, sorry, $15,000 plus yeah, across yeah. your entire team's loadout. So like the, the potential drawback is so much more than the savings that like, I, I feel like that just is, makes it difficult to commit to. Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw it was, it was known as the FPX buy, like FPX kind of did this where they brought, three rifles and then two saved pistols from round one into round two after they won it. Yeah, yeah I mean, round two is a different story, yeah. Yeah. A completely different story because it's round yeah. two. Right. But, like... Right, they're not facing I, a vandal I, with their sheriff. In that yeah, yeah, I'm not saying I've got, like, a good idea going on here or anything. I'm just saying that I, I, I'd like to see, like, a little bit more experimentation. Yeah, I mean, I will say, Cass, I think the outlaw lends itself very well to being purchased in full buy rounds. Um, that 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 might be a great gun for that sort of experimentation, as you're saying. Mm-hmm. You think we're gonna get this outlaw with the uh, with the new episode? Is that the uh, the rumors here? I have uh, not I, heard any rumors. When since it comes he to got leaked, time. I yeah. have heard nothing. Mm-hmm. Like he got leaked once by that video from like the Chinese Valorant side, which got immediately taken down. Um, and then there were a couple rumors about what the gun did that were floating around but i've heard nothing since then yeah i mean we could just never see this gun in the game it's possible but yeah. it'd be very unfortunate yeah and in general i think it like yeah just like even if it's not this gun in general it's not like obviously this gun lends itself towards my playstyle more so than you guys but like i just think as a general rule of thumb if we never see any 
new guns into Valorant, that would just be kind of a shame. I agree. I mean, yeah, we've talked about it. Yeah, it seems like there's somewhat limited, you know, slots in the roster for new guns, but there are a couple that would be cool. Like we've mentioned, like the right, the sniper rifle, uh, SMG, that is, you know, high, similar to the outlaw, like closer price to Phantom Vandal and better, maybe even more than Phantom Vandal, and it's really good. Um, and then also potentially another shotgun in the mix. But like, I don't know that there's a lot of room for another pistol or another rifle, um, or another like LMG. <laughs> I feel like there's somewhat limited slots where a gun could realistically. Yeah, I mean, I could see something between Ghost and Sheriff. I don't yeah, know. I like, you because... just might you might be getting too too niche there. Yeah, I think Maybe it's getting too like... niche because already the Ghost is in a weird spot. Okay, but I think that they could add another pistol. Well. It doesn't need to be between Ghost and Sheriff. I'm just thinking between Shorty and Sheriff. Just somewhere along that range. I think that there could be room for another pistol. But I yeah, think you, just have, you have Ghost Frenzy in there. Huh? This is yeah, Ghost Frenzy. I'm saying Frenzy. there could be a third one in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it makes more sense to be between Ghost and Sheriff. It makes That's the biggest gap. Yeah, and that's fine. I, I acknowledge that was within the range I talked about. Yeah. I'm just saying you could add like a third competitor to the ghost in the frenzy. Yeah, maybe it's yeah, more, it could maybe be on the same, same level. Price, yeah, could be on like, the same level. Like, yeah, I, I could see room for another more expensive um, SMG than what we currently have in the game, as Hunter alluded to. Mm-hmm. I could potentially see room for a a better rifle. As we kind of talked about in one of the yeah, we talked about that. I still podcasts. kind of, I kind of disagree, but yeah, yeah, I also disagree. I could you just know, see a Fandle yeah. in the game, and like, again, we discussed about how that might affect the meta, and I don't really have a good answer for that. But like, it seems like they are thinking of adding in a, a third sniper, and then I could potentially see a. Um, I don't think this would. I mean, I could see a third LMG in the game. I just don't know what it would be because. If you make it like the cost, kind of at like that twenty four hundred range, right? Like maybe you just make like a better version of the Ares, but also not. Like you know when they had to hot fix the Ares because it was way too busted. Yeah, you just have that, but for a lot more money. Yeah, like if that was like Phantom Vandal cost, I, I you just add a noob tube. You add you add a LMG into the game or maybe an HMG at this point, um, that costs 9K, and it fires bullets that one tap to, you know, any part of the body, and it shoots through everything in the map at infinite range with no wall penetration penalty. So you can shoot anyone <laughs> anywhere on the map in one tap. So you just hold down M1 and, and spin in a circle. Yes. Yes, someone, you know, gets a Sova uh, ping from... All the way across the map, bam, dead. <laughs> it's a, just a rich get richer thing. You got 9k to burn with <laughs> the HMG. Um, I mean, I, I think that you could... There is slightly potential for a completely new style of weapon. I was thinking the same thing after I made like so, Something where you, where you go like, like, this is a grenade launcher. Yeah, I was thinking finals. Grenade launcher, like flamethrower. There's some potential. Yeah, some some potential for that. AOE um, is stupid, and I'm not a fan. Yeah, what if you just <laughs> had a? Surprised? What if you just had a like uh, a Molly launcher? Molly, 
And you have one person on your team like that completes a uh, creates a completely like new role in the game of like maybe not like you obviously assign that to a person mm-hmm. like, or to a certain agent, but you you're giving like more of a utility than a gun. Like they don't really have a gun now; they just have yeah. a bunch of mollies. Yeah, but like post plant. Yeah, I mean it's it, it, it could be awful, but like yeah. <laughs> you know. You just stand there with five fucking brim mollies ready to go and just go pop, 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 pop. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, I feel like that'd be really difficult to balance because mollies are so good in this game for a variety of reasons. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, 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 I disagree with AoE in general, so, you know. I mean, yeah, like, if you had, like, a flamethrower or something, you have to in- introduce, like, a burning mechanic, like a DOT mechanic. Which I think they should have already introduced with Phoenix. yeah. But, like, like Phoenix should just have a DOT as a passive. Yeah, we've talked about this, I and I fully Phoenix's agree. Phoenix's healing yeah. is kind of a passive already. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, also, just introduce agents with fucking passives in the game, man. Like, okay, okay if we're going to talk about, like, an ISO buff, and, like, again, I don't know how, like, broken or... or He's definitely not broken. I don't know how good or bad this agent is, though. But, like, just get rid of his E ability. And it's just always fucking active. Let him have an extra shield at all times? No, just, like, if you get a kill, you can shoot the thing and, like, get a shield. You don't need to, like, pre initial timer. The same way you would jet dash. Like, it just functions like Reyna does. Yeah, I mean... Reyna just gets the soul orbs, right? Like, that's that's kind of like like Reyna's passive that, like, downed enemies provide soul orbs. Just have that as, like... Just remove his E ability. He doesn't get an E... And just, like, downed enemies provide this thing you can shoot for a shield. Okay, I I just feel like there should be more agents that have passives that are not stupid. I'll, uh... I mean, I guess Phoenix Heal isn't stupid, but, like... Not necessarily a passive, either. Yeah. I don't know, because, like, it seems like Jet's kind of the only agent that really has a passive in the game. Even though there are technically other ones. Like, yeah, Yoru Jet can had... see if the other Yoru has sent out a TP or not. What? what? There's some, like, visual thing with, like, Yoru where, like... That sounds like more of a bug than it does. Yeah, maybe. Wait, Yoru but, like, can passive. see if the other Yoru has sent out a TP? What? It's something along those lines. Yeah, I've never I don't remember that. I'm exactly curious what to, it is. Yeah. You, you, can, you can Google it, but, like, yeah, there is some Yoru thing where you can know if the other Yoru has, like, an active TP or not based on when you're sending out your TP. I don't remember the details. Uh, probably a bug, but, like, yeah. Um, all right, well, that's about all I got. Well, let me let me hit two things super fast, if you don't mind. One of these is last podcast we were talking about, or maybe it was the previous one. We were talking about where to aim with the Bucky. And I decided that I would, uh, this afternoon, I was like, I want to think way more about this than I ever have before. So I wrote, I typed up a lot of like math and then like theories from it. Strategies is a better word there that I put in the discord. So I'm not going to bother talking about it because I went into such depth in the discord. Um, But essentially what I concluded is that Based on the damage of the pellets and the damage falloff, as well as how likely you are to hit pellets, a decent rule of thumb is 0 to 10 meters. You basically try to get as much of the body as possible in your 
uh, spread and left click outside of 10, like beyond 10 meters, you go for the right click on the head, like centered on the head. Um, but you can okay, yeah, dive okay, into Discord if you want to read more. Okay, sure. That's just like Bucky specific stuff, though, right? I mean, well, that, that, was, that was what the conversation. The yeah. yeah, that was what the conversation. Yeah. Totally just to be clear, on. I didn't think about this totally randomly for the Discord. People were discussing my take in the podcast as to where you should aim because Cass was mm-hmm. saying like nipples for the left click, and I firmly believe, and I believe I successfully backed it up with the math of it that. Uh, at close range, you know, that zero to 10 meter, especially zero to five meters, uh, you should absolutely be just getting the chest as where your spread is going because you don't need the headshot damage and you're more likely to just miss pellets and potentially throw your shot if you're aiming higher. Yeah, right, I mean, uh, I'd, like, I'd like to see the numbers for the judge as well. Just because, again, as I, I believe, as I stated yeah. in the other podcast there, that like, I just know that as a general rule of thumb, shotguns in fps games and so i i see where you're coming from where like because the bucky has the specific left versus right click mechanic in play like i i i see that like yeah like where your argument is coming from like yeah you could very well be right that like you should be aiming like more abdomen and then after 10 meters right click aiming at the head um i i just like I know the aiming at like generally around the nipples to neck height as like a general rule of thumb for shotguns and FPS games. Yeah, so I'm wondering yeah, if I wasn't judge... arguing that the general rule of thumb was wrong. Yeah, I was arguing about yeah, yeah. Bucky specifically. Yeah. Sure, sure. I'm just wondering how the judge fits into that. Yeah, I, I would be down and to look I'm at right, that maybe later. Is I'm yeah. still wrong about the judge, and the judge you should also just be aiming for abdomen. Well, I mean, you I know? think I think you might be right about the judge because the significant thing about the Bucky is that at close range. It has way like an overkill amount of damage because uh, even if you hit only body, all fifteen pellets does three hundred damage, and within five meters, it is possible to hit every pellet every time if you center correctly on the chest. So obviously, you're not going to practically be having it perfectly centered, but like you have so much extra damage there that it just isn't worth it, even considering going for the head. Whereas, like, with the Judge, obviously you have significantly less damage per trigger pull, and then you have more trigger pulls, so how does that work out? I'd be curious to dive into that, but that's outside the scope of what I would talk about here. Mm. Oh, yeah, and then, super final thing, uh, on the topic of Premier Bowls and, like, how the tournaments are, I just thought, I think what would work well is top eight teams in a division have their own bowl to, like, be the grand winner of the division, and then everyone else is seated the way they do currently. So you can either get the division winner card or you can get the division super winner card <laughs> at the end. Like split the two ideas also from the previous podcast. Yeah, split. Kind of sucks for team number eight, but but he, like just being able to be in, like have a shot at winning the whole yeah, thing yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of makes rather, sense. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I kind of like it. Yeah. Yeah. Team number eight, I'd rather have the shot to win the whole damn thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I want the boat. I want yeah, the it really yacht, sucks if you're like, team number like nine and you win your bowl, you know? and you're like, damn it. Yeah, yeah that, that's true. That is worse. If you win as team number nine and you're like, well, I could have won team, like, the, yeah. the original one. Yeah, but then you think, oh, we might have gotten dumpstered by teams two, three, four, five, and six. True, true. Right. And we, we get the card because we, we won. Yay. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not upset about a mix between the two systems. Yeah. 
So that's all. Well, Those are my two quick points I wanted to hit. Yeah, you want to wait us out of here, Trace? I'll drink with you later. <laughs>